0: This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash (laughs) the Tokunet.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'm your host, Yassine and I am joined by Josh. Hey, everybody. Brody. Yo. And Ashton. What's up?
2: How's everybody doing? Oh, doing pretty good and fiery. Uh, In the mood to rewatch probably one of my favorite... (sighs) No, it's... uh... It's probably my second favorite, and it goes back and forth depending on when I've rewatched it, but at least mm-hmm. top three favorite Super Sentai's I've ever seen.
3: Oh, man. I'm right with you on that. Oh, man. <laughs> I I didn't even finish before recording. I, I got to, like, almost the end, but man, I'm so pumped up right now.
2: Like, I, I've been on this podcast to talk about my love for Ranger, mm-hmm. which really only boosts my love for Gokaiger. <laughs> because it, it, it's just one of those things it does matter like it, it's the beauty of the show it does you don't need to have seen the previous shows to enjoy it mm-hmm. but if you have even if it's just one or two it enhances the viewing so much
3: that's right. I definitely true. have something more to say on that note and we'll get to that in a bit
0: but yeah very happy
2: to be doing this today
0: yeah i think there's a lot of people for whom the um series well this season in particular because uh holds a special place in their heart because it's it's for a lot of people the jumping off point for them to get into Sentai.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, definitely for me. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't guessed, uh, we're doing a retrospective look at Go because since we've all have seen it at some point in another. So we've all decided to you know rewatch it and you know give our thoughts on it since we never actually did a Go review since that was in 2011 and <laughs> has started in 2014. So it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, uh, going off of that, since we've all seen it before, uh, what was your initial, like, impression of the show the first time you saw it? Uh, you know, when I came back from,
0: uh, well, 2011 was when I came back from, um, overseas for my medical mm-hmm. training, and I started watching it, and I've watched through, like, maybe the first eight or nine episodes, I'm like, oh, you know, this is a standard, standard, you know, Power Rangers Sentai Fair um maybe i outgrew it so i wasn't that interested because it would seem like a really kind of boring monster of the week so i t- stopped just short of when it got interesting i came back to it like two or three years later and i watched like past those episodes and i got to the point where like uh basco shows up and i'm mm-hmm. all like wait this is really really good so i wa i marathoned the whole thing in like a week uh us and like you know that got me hooked <laughs> wow
2: I remember at the time, I had only been watching Super Sentai for so long up to that point. Like, I started a Geki Ranger, so it was only four series in where I was watching uh, concurrently, you know, Geki Ranger up through Ghost and I kind of gave up on Ghost so I was, eh, not so great. I got about to a little after Ghost Knight's introduction. So I was at least familiar with the characters, so I was ready for that going into it. And then seeing those first shots... And they knew how to lead off. It was the core five team and then all the Super Sentai before them lined up behind them. The (laughs) hype I felt that day when I first saw that picture was damn near indescribable. And I'm like, this is everything I ever wanted from Power Rangers. Why did I wait so long to get into this franchise? And now it looks like they're going to give me everything my childhood heart would ever want. Yes, I am here (laughs) for this and i remember just from that first episode on being absolutely hooked and floored even though i had never seen a single episode of go ranger you know since that's yep. most heavily uh referenced in that first episode and then now coming back to it all these years later where i've actually seen some episodes of go ranger uh the enhancement of the viewing is that much greater now
3: for me it's um you know, regular listeners will know. <laughs> I've told the story of how I got into Sentai before. I'll I'll do it again just for just in case you're new here. Uh, I 2011. I was a sophomore in high school, I think, at the time, and I had never gotten into Tokusatsu. I had been I like on and off. I would check in with Power Rangers, like, hey, what's Power Rangers up to? Because like, I found it appealing, but like I. Still kind of rejected getting full, you know, embracing it. Um, And I was Googling images of Power Rangers one day and I saw the pirate suits and I was like, hold on, Power Rangers have never been pirates. What what is this? And I start looking into it and I find out what it is. And then I'm like, "Okay, I have to watch this. And so I watched the first episode and the first episode blew me away because the characters were so cool just right off the bat. Like they're not your typical heroes at all. Um, like, they they didn't enter into this to be heroes. They're just pirates. They're just looking for their treasure. And then they start fighting the Zongyak just because they see that they're attacking some kids. And it's perfectly heroic, but not in, like, the typical Sentai way. Um, and, you know, me having never even seen Sentai in the first place, that was impressive on its own. And then, when they Gokai change into the Ranger. I was like, what is happening? I was on the edge of my seat. I was so pumped up. Um And then, you know, they have those characters on the side going, oh, that's the first Sentai formed on Earth. And I'm like, it's a, it's the what now? <laughs> uh, and then they go-kai change from there into I think they went with... Uh, they definitely did Magi Ranger, but they did another one before that. They, I did forget quite, which one. They, did,
1: they did quite a few <laughs> that first episode.
3: Yeah, they, I think they did three total. Um, oh, Shinkenger. And I had recognized Power Rangers Samurai. So um, I was like, wait a second, I know that. And then I saw Magi Ranger, and I was really into Mystic Force for a while. That was my first Power Ranger Morpher. So it made me very happy to see that.
1: So did you marathon it?
3: Oh, uh, I marathoned it. I finished the whole thing in two weeks, which was pretty
1: impressive for me at the time. So what what was your thoughts after you like finished like after you done the show like having not seen any sentai before I
3: was I was so ready for Go Busters. cuz also like what what I was watching from there I, it also showed me the preview of the next sentai as they were airing on TV. Oh okay. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Um and so I was like I was so ready for GoBusters. Um but my my impressions of Gokaijer upon getting through it was that like I don't, it was just a fun show, a really cool show with with great character development. And, uh, I, I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. I felt like it was a show that was very good at teaching the viewer about Sentai history Mm -hmm. and, and also adding in like the little bits of fan service. And like, you know, it's the sort of situation where you can definitely tell when they're trying to add in fan service, even if you don't know specifically what it is at the time. Um like the first time around i'm i'm fairly certain you know I, c- I could catch on whenever they show a past sentai ranger coming back but this time watching it it's like i I've, I've seen a lot of these sentai i saw i've seen uh, you know Abba ranger i've seen uh go onger through the current present day and so to see like when guy shows up uh as to become gokai silver and he interacts with the actual actor uh who played abara killer and for Abara Killer to reference what his character was like in the script, coming back to it, it's like, it's really, really cool. I, I think, Josh, you touched on something that is, it's part of how I feel. Like, watching the first time, I don't feel like I really missed out on anything I just feel like it's a different experience watching then versus now, but both very cool experiences, and I'm very happy I got to watch it both ways.
2: I think uh, what's really important, uh, and I feel like it's important to say this off the bat, because uh, in general, Toei was pretty new to the massive uh, anniversary celebration that they were doing with Gokaiger. And I think it's fair to say that if it wasn't for Common Rider Decade tripping and falling, that's what allowed... <laughs> For Gokaiger to run and fly and take off the way it did. Because you you go back two years to decade and they hadn't done anything on that scale before okay this is something where you want to celebrate the whole franchise let's just see what works and then there was a lot of complaints after decade about hey how come you didn't get back original actors where the heck's the music where are all these little things that we know and love about the series and every last one of those complaints that I saw out of decade none of it was a present in Gokaiger they got musical cues they got as many actors back as they possibly could and then some they made sure to reference suits straight up get every last sound effect down for anybody who was watching who had any attachment to any previous super sentai series they made sure they got you whichever episode you came in on
3: a pretty good example of the the amount the level of detail they went into they went so far as to not only include the abare pink suit which was a recurring reference in Aba Ranger up until they finally you know sort of made it like its own thing um, for an episode, but they even like gave it a little pig sound effect and a, and a pig nose in the in their transformation sequence, and it's a reference to throughout Abba Ranger, uh, the the character keeps saying, "Oh, I'll become Abare Pink," and people call her Abare Pig, and it's it's oh, such yeah. a it's such a little detail. But an even smaller detail in that very same episode, before the commercial, they had like a like the characters pop up in a little overlay on the on the. Uh, frozen scene, and they ask a question to the viewer, like, "Oh no, what do you think is going to happen?" And that's something that they used to do in abba
1: Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember like watching it this time. I noticed a lot more that they would also use a lot of sound effects that were used back in like the '80s and '90s for a lot of like the jumps and you know stuff like that. Like once in a while, they would use it, and sometimes I couldn't tell if it was <laughs> if it was an old sound effect or if it was a Go sound effect. That is now old because that was 10 years ago.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, uh, kind of as a reference from one uh, franchise to another, it's like when the sound effect that's made whenever Kuga's kick connects and a gronky is about to explode, that particular grinding sound effect has been reused I don't know how many times for how many different uh, Toei shows and then you hear it reused again later. And it's also things like uh, even the episode titles where, depending on what episode it was, the episode uh, title setup was in reference to the way the titles were set up in that particular season. So, like, uh, the Geki Ranger episode it starts its Niki Niki Kempo lesson, just like how every episode of Geki Ranger would have some John speak at the front of it.
1: Yep, yep. I remember I... Just recently rewatched the Die Ranger episode, and the episode title is Hiro da. And I think the f- first episode of Die Ranger is da Well,
2: <laughs> I I think it's it, it's worth noting now. Watching that episode again, uh, Hiro da, uh, Hiro da. You don't think anything of it because you know if you don't know anything about Die Ranger back then, you're just reading it as it's there on the screen. It's a hero, but now hearing it again. All these years later, I hear Hiroda, I respond, whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's so many things that, like, I've picked up because, like, I, like for me, I watched it uh, when it aired, and that's the only time I've watched it. I haven't rewatched it since. Um, and by that point, I'd only, like, like Josh said, like, I had only seen a few Sentai shows live, and I went back and watched a few, but not many. So I only had a handful of shows under my belt by that point. And I got some of the references, and some of them I was like, I don't really know, but I'll wait until I see it. Watching it now and seeing a lot more Sentai, it's so cool seeing the little touches that I probably missed before, like um, in the Live Man episode, uh, when they're talking about, like when they're at the laboratory, at Joe's laboratory, and they're he's talking about uh, his friends uh, and, you know, his friends who, you know, became evil and stuff like that and how he wants to protect people from going through that kind of pain he looks outside and looks at a group of uh scientists and they have one of them has like something glow in their hand and then they open it and then there's like little butterflies that fly out and at that back then i was just like oh this is a really cool thing having watched life man i it's like oh that's the intro to life man where it starts with someone what hand yeah exactly up. yeah oh that's so cool yeah and also, there's, a, there's many episodes with these tribute, uh, when the heroes come back, where they'll say a line that's either key to the show or key to their character. Exactly. Like, like uh, with GoGo5, uh, she talks about, uh, I forget what the line exactly is, but it's something about uh, protecting the earth from something. It was something about rescue. And a lot of heroes have these kind of phrases where it sounds like just a heroic line. But if you Mm -hmm. watch the show, it's actually a lot of times taken either from the intro to the show or like an intro phrase.
2: Or just the core concept of the show. Yeah.
1: Like when Live Man, he talks about like why his friends betrayed them or something like that. It's like that's like the start of every show is with that dialogue. It's really cool. It's really cool to get like it's crazy how much you can get out of it. I think what Brody said
0: earlier about them not being a typical Sentai hero team was, mm-hmm. um, uh, actually right on the money because when I was watching it and like really going through the entire season, I, w- I thought uh, this is probably the closest that a Sentai uh, team will get to like anti heroism because when they start, they're basically just anti heroes. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you watch through the series and it's it's actually cool to see that from the perspective of a uh, a sentai team from the perspective of an anti-hero because it's 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 so it's so refreshing as far as cuz the 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 two the seasons preceding it like Shinkenger they're um you they know they're very um they're very generically heroic even though I love mm-hmm. Shinkenger but they're like an organization devoted to um protecting mankind, you know, Ghost Sager were angels. Uh, stuff like that. So, but Go were basically pirates from outer space. They're here to plunder our ta- treasures. They're they're only if they fight uh, uh, monsters that are attacking us. It's only because they're like very. It's only because of their it's because they feel like it. Uh, yeah, it's because they feel like it. So you know, this is it's 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 really interesting to see as a um, Sentai team.
2: It, it, they're one of the few teams where they start out and they don't get into it a lot in the first episode. But for the most part, they're modus operandi is revenge because they've all, as it's revealed over the course of the those first couple of episodes, they've all got a grudge against the Zongyak. Yeah. And then on top of that, I think for for my money, because of where I started out watching Tokusatsu, I think it's kind of the same appeal as it was for me getting into Kabuto, where Kabuto was this anti-hero, selfish yep. guy. The difference is here with the Gokaijers, they all have uh, personalities that are redeemable. <laughs>
3: I think yeah. that, you know, I, this is a good moment to bring up a note that I took when I was watching the uh, Gokaidur versus Gavon movie. Um, so the, the, it was a crossover with uh, Space Sheriff Gavan. They got the original actor back and they did some fan service because he, uh, he would also play, the actor played two other Sentai characters from the Showa era as well. Um, but there's a scene, there's actually a, a sequence of scenes where they're breaking into uh, the, they, it's called the Maku prison. and. Right it really helped that whole sequence really helped to sell that they're rogues and not your typical heroic sentai like if you if you look at even the sentai that we've had in the last 10 years since gokaijer they all have a very similar feel to them and even the more the more intense ones they're they don't ha- they don't feel like they're out for themselves they don't feel like they, they still feel like they're meant to be heroic but the gokaijers they're the type who break into an impregnable prison Blow the place to smithereens just because and casually walk out like super casually. Like the only other Sentai that probably could have matched their level of rogue is Lupin Ranger. And even they yeah. were not this rebellious.
0: And you can really see it from when, um, Guy joins the uh, group because when Guy joins, he has this like kind of dream sequence where he thinks of how, how, Generically heroic, they would be, and, I'm like so glad and you how Joe, that up. yeah, you know how Joe, how Joe would be, um, Joe would have a, Joe would be a baseball fan, and Luca would encourage kids to do their their best, and Don's missing completely because he's boring or something, <laughs> and like they're all like, just what what the what are you talking about? That, that's not as completely. This is weird as weird weird as hell, and I don't know what you're talking about.
3: It was a very cure user feel. That's
2: probably a really good way to segue into talking about the characters, why the Gokaigus are such good heroes, good leads, because even all these years later, it was 2011 when it came out, it's 2021 now, it's been 10 years now, the drip all six of them have is still palatable. The (laughs) swagger.
0: For oh sure. my god! You know, my Captain Marvelous was like my first Sentai cosplay, and I did it like well after like the Go craze had, um, you know, uh, died down. So I was like late to the party, but I got the official Bandai stuff. Um, I had to make mine. <laughs> yeah, I got the official Bandai stuff, and I just like every con I'm wearing in it, and people are all like, "Oh, when when are you gonna bust that out this con?" Huh?
3: Marvelous is he's got to be one of my favorite Sentai reds and like he's my favorite in a different way that other Sentai reds could potentially be my favorite. Like there's the ones who just have a really good character arc or who they're they're a really good leader, just a very strong character, likable person. And then there's Marvelous and he's just I he's so hard to describe for me. He's cocky, he's uh he's he's got this air of confidence about him that is just He's the bad boy, you know <laughs> well he it's not just that he's the bad boy he's
2: solid like he is yeah. so steeped in who he is even from that first episode on and they don't deviate from that at all uh he is I, I love strong reds and I love how they were able to play that off him versus uh the Bo Kencher tribute episode when they brought chief back he's also one of my f- favorite strong reds but they're yeah. strong in two completely different ways.
0: You know, I think the part of it is because the, this is as close to a G rated, um, Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly that we can get in a Sentai show. Yeah. I I agree to that. I'd, I'd agree to that. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch like the episode where he flashes back to when he first meets, um, Akka Red and, um, he sees the Gokai Galleon and he, like that look on his face. It's like that episode in Firefly when, They flash back to when Mal first sees the Firefly ship and you see that look of wonder on his face, like the, like soaring through space or soaring Mm -hmm, through the skies. mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's, that's just what, like, that's as close to Malcolm Reynolds as a Sentai hero can be. And I think that's what draws people to it. It's like, like if if you were an eight year old kid watching this, you'd be like, why no, why won't they give back all the keys so that all the Rangers can team up and fight the Zangyak? Why are they hoarding all the keys for themselves? But if you're watching it as like a adult with a more like less like, you know, lawful good, neutral good kind of stance on it, and more of like a neutral true neutral or a chaotic good kind of stance on it, it's like, oh, this this is so cool. This is as close to like a, you know uh you know, good one of those you know, uh, Wild West, uh, Pirate, um, you know. We've moved from brown coat to red coat. Yeah, yeah, right? So you, you like, have one of those. Red Coat,
2: not Red Coat, <laughs> the British are coming Red Coat. Right, I right. Just want to clear um, that up. But
1: the thing that, uh, that I thought about when I, you know, rewatched it now is that they're putting up a front at the beginning of the show of making, it, it feels like they're putting up a front of being, you know, purely pirates who are only here for treasure and don't care about anybody else they all know who they are within the team they know why they joined uh they know each other's personalities but they're showing to the they're showing it to the earth people and they're also showing to the zangyak that they are just pirates because they've been hunted for so long that they kind of have to do that it feels like to me they have to put up that front mm-hmm. in order to you know, protect themselves, I guess you could say. Like it feels but cuz cuz they're in gen, like like at their core they're all good people. Oh yeah. Uh, they have their they have their pasts and they have their reasons why they are who they are. But when they first show up to earth, they it's a, it feels like it's a combination of them putting up a front but also them not knowing the customs of earth. Uh the arc of these characters is kind of what I took is the best part that I took away from it the first time I watched it, and it's definitely one of the best things I love about the show. In the second viewing, um, is that I feel like it's more that they're showing, they're revealing their true characters to us rather than them learning going through an arc necessarily. Yeah, because they've always been good, but they just are like it's something that uh, what's his name. Gal Red says that they're rough around the edges, kind of a thing. Because they they're good people, and I think they do learn to a certain extent. Like they learn the the significance of what a Super Sentai team me- is and what it means to Earth. Uh, and at the end of the show, they accept that title and they become Sentai a Sentai team who is protecting Earth.
0: You know what else, though? It's because when um like I, I and I like this is when they flash back to how they first. Uh, you know, meet up or come together. It's not like they are a group to begin with. It's not like in Shinkinger yeah. or like Go where all five of them are just together and there's no real explanation for it. The flashbacks tell you, oh, Marvelous got betrayed by Bosco. Then he was on his own because he like Akka Red sacrificed for himself for him. And then he went around and got this ragtag team together. And now mm-hmm. they're like a, a full team of. Uh, people against the Zangyak Empire. And one of the, like, if by all accounts that he, uh, Marvelous shouldn't have trusted, like, someone like Joe, for example, because he was a Zangyak runaway, but he just did it anyway because, yeah. you know, that's just the kind of guy he is. And I think mm-hmm. th- layers like that that make characters more interesting to watch are what endears them to us and makes, and because it gives them more nuance and more layers than we otherwise would have if they are just, like, generically heroic characters.
3: I would I definitely say that yeah, these are probably the most three-dimensional Sentai heroes that I've seen in a Sentai. Um, I mean, I'm sure that there are some who could... Uh, I think there could be an argument. They're, they're, that, yeah, but they're, there's they're, there's they're an argument there. for it, but uh, I would say... My, my impression of them was a little bit different. Because, yeah, they are putting up a front at the beginning, but mostly just to the people of Earth and to the Zangyuk. Because um, they they do know who they are, and they, they are good people, as we've uh, discovered... <laughs> in this conversation uh but uh i th- i think it's it's a matter of they're still just fighting for what they want taking what they want uh just they're they're thinking of themselves but mm-hmm. it's a it's along the way if they see something that just sits wrong with them that's when they go against it and like they they knew what it meant to go and engage with the zogiak in that first episode but they're just like yeah you're not but we don't like it that you're attacking these kids like we we've been through that
2: it's like you can you can be selfish but still be aware of your own moral compass uh, which is the thing all of them have is that they realize inherently that to side with the Xiangyak is to side with evil and to stand against them would really help in general so it, it's kind of that that nice way that it segues together of you can start lining it up as well. If going up against the Zongyok makes us look like good guys, we don't necessarily care about that. That just kind of lines up with what we're doing. But by the end, by the time you get to those last episodes in the 40s, they are full-on agreeing, no, this is what we want. We wish to identify ourselves as the 35th Super Sentai.
3: You know, what's what's really cool is even earlier than that, like somewhere in the early 30s, there's an episode where... Actually, you know what? I think specifically... They were talking with the uh, Hurricanes. I think uh-huh. it was Hurricanes, and they and they're like, "You, you know, uh, do you, you know what do you think of this planet?" And Marvelous is like, "You know, I like it. I, I'm kind of getting used to the idea that the greatest treasure is on this planet." And you can you can see it's 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 less a difference in moral compass and more a difference in their understanding because it starts okay, out. Yeah. Where, no,
2: you have a point. You have a point.
3: Yeah, it's it's kind of like when they start out, they. They'll fight against injustice when they see it. Although, <laughs> to be fair, uh, Don wanted to run away in that first episode. Um, but when they see injustice, they stand up against it in the in the beginning. And then as time goes on, not only do they learn to appreciate the planet and the fact and the reasons why the Sentai protect the planet, but they start to sort of embrace that it just sort of comes with the territory of of. I guess it's just who they are. Like, they always had it within them to be heroes, and they just needed the push to truly become those heroes. And what's really cool about how the story is laid out from the very beginning, because they need to earn the greater powers of every Sentai, they learn along the way why each team fights, and they start to internalize, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what, like, really what it means to be a hero and why it's important and why they should also join in on that.
2: I think it's worth noting for that the Hurricanger two-parter there is, one, the fact that it plays off the whole pirate versus ninja trope that's out there, and then two, it kind of makes up for the whole thing that you, uh, as, you know, I was watching as it aired week to week, and in the back of your mind, you know, they've started you off episode one with the shortened version, version of the Legend War, which is like, oh my god, the greatest thing ever oh, uh, yeah. up to that point, but then it's like, god, I wish... I wish a team would just have their powers back and fight, up, fight alongside them. And then it turns out, oh, wait, this is actually also the 10th anniversary of Hurricanger. Why don't we just do that? And then in the second part of that two-parter, the pirates and the ninjas team up, and they get to get, have their powers back and an updated version of the transformation. And it's
3: beautiful. You know, watching that t- watching that crossover in particular and that fight especially— It really took me back to my days watching Power Rangers Dino Thunder with the Thunderstorm special, Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. it was uh, Ninja Storm teaming up with Dino Thunder. That was a really fantastic crossover as well. And to do it, to do another fantastic crossover like this one, and to have it be with the that, that that felt very nostalgic to me.
0: I think one other good quality that people re, that really resonates with people is like something that we see in the Old Rangers episode where they, they just do what they want and it, it, and it's not about doing what they want in regards to, uh, it makes things easier for them because in the Old Ranger episode, um, they, they, uh, they had the, one of the range, one of the Old Rangers want to give them their great power, um, you know, explicitly so that Bosco wouldn't get it. And then like the leader was about to like suicide bomb Bosco with himself. And the Gokaira's like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not just accepting some gift. We're gonna save you and and O Red. And we're gonna be Bosco and we'll take your uh grand power along the way. So this is how we're gonna do it. And and I think that kind of thing endears them even more because they're not making it easy on themselves, but they're they're still doing things uh that benefit themselves while helping other people. I think it's the whole thing that it ties into the pirate motif
2: that it's not good enough for them to just be given something. Part of it is the thrill of the chase. Yeah, you know, having to actually not necessarily earn something, but they want it to be a challenge. It's yeah. something
3: they had to be reminded of, actually, in the Bokenger episode.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah.
3: While 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 we think of pirates as being all about treasure, the Bokengers are adventurers, and they they all reminded marvelous yeah, they reminded Marvelous all about that. Uh, the journey to get the treasure and how that's the most important thing. And it really does, the journey ends up becoming the most important thing over the course of the whole show because it leads to their uh, becoming heroes. And also, them doing what they want. I, I Let's bring up the, uh, the that time that Marvelous tried to go fight Bosco on his own and everyone was like, yeah, but what if we just happen to run into Marvelous on his way? And they, so they all meet up and To me, I think the way I would describe it is, like, they're a a team, but they're all, like, very independent people. Like, they all just chose to go fight Bosco with Marvelous. Marvelous is like, this is my battle. I'm going to go deal with this.
2: I think I didn't get it as much when I first saw it when the series came out. I was aware of some very glaringly obvious things, but... I think the way I would uh, try and get somebody in on the series now is a little different knowing a a lot of what the influence is beyond Super Sentai is. Back then when I was watching it, if you asked me back in, say, 2011, 2012, why do you want me to watch this series? I'm like, did you grow up watching Power Rangers? Then this is that times 11 or turned up to 11. If you ask me now, part of the way I might get somebody is, how much do you like One Piece? Do you love the way that team comes together? Then watch this. This is quite literally the Japanese Power Rangers version of that.
3: I literally showed a friend the first episode because this friend is, like, obsessed with One Piece.
2: Like, if you don't understand how easy it was to go from Monkey D. Luffy to Luka Milfi, like, that's not a big jump.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, there's... I think that there is... And and that goes off to the next point that I wanted to make is that Gokhydra is something that basically everyone can watch and enjoy because it covers such a wide variety and this is kind of a double edged sword. It covers such a wide variety of like themes and topics and like, you know, um so y- you have like really, really funny uh episodes, like the Car Ranger episode. Which, oh, yeah. yeah, which one of my friends watched and he's all like, wow, this episode is so funny. I really like it. I'm going to watch Car Ranger now. And then you have it that juxtaposed to things like the Live Man episode, which is like serious and somber or the Jetman episode, like two episodes that were like maybe two episodes apart that were focusing on like the topic of death. Um, What happens after we die, the legacy of our memory after we die and things like that. So you have this kind of, it's almost kind of like this really weird um, kind of disjointed story where you have this laugh out loud episode, but then it could easily be followed up with a very somber, quiet episode about like the acceptance of death and the memories of your friends and things like that. So everybody can take something away from it and find something to like about it, but it actually kind of works against it overall, because it doesn't have, like, a very strong, like, cons- solid overall story arc kind of like Shin Kenji does.
3: Hard. Disagree. I actually agree with Ashton. Am I, am I alone on this mountain? I want to hear, hear this. I want to hear this. <laughs> alright, alright. <laughs> so, um, I don't... It, it, the way that Gokaiger tells its story. It, you have to see the whole story in its entirety to really get just how cohesive the whole thing is, I feel. It's got clear arcs. Like, you've got the uh, beginning part, and then the part where Guy shows up, and then the part where Bosco shows up, and then you've got everything after the death of Prince Walz Gil. But, really, the it just c- continually builds from episode to episode, and I think the show does a really good job of maintaining its overall pirate feeling even while touching on a, v- a variety of different uh subtopics so like you do have the the really funny episodes and then you do have the much more serious episodes and then you've got the backstory episodes but throughout it all because it's the Gekaijers and because it they've got such really strong you know music design and camera work and whatnot I think that they re- that they do a really solid job of maintaining a cohesive feeling, even while being able to go in very different directions with different episodes, and because that it just is just constantly building their characters towards a to, to, it, it's it's the situation where I okay here's how I want to put this in I complained about Ryu soldiers villains or its story I guess because while the character arcs are pretty decent in my opinion. Um, the villains, you you just never really know what they're trying to accomplish and or where it's gonna or where, where they're trying to go with it, so that by the time the end game rolls around, it's like okay, I get it now. I I, I felt lost up till this point, but with Gokaijir, you know from the very beginning, the villains are just trying to take over Earth, and they very gradually shift from tr- just trying to take over the Earth to no, we have to focus on getting rid of these pirates because they keep. Foiling our plans, and I feel like th- because the villains have such a clear goal and the Gokaiders have such a clear goal that it takes all- every episode to build towards, and then you've got you know those character subplots uh, interwoven throughout. To me, the story feels very cohesive and very satisfying once you get once you finally get to the end, like the final battle against Bosco that that whole two parter where he uh, takes all the Ranger Keys and the Gokai Galleon and then they have to fight to get it back and then Marvelous takes him on on, on one-on-one. That, it felt like that had been building up for a very long time and the payoff was great and that's just, that's just one example. But like, from the beginning, they're trying to get the greatest treasure. They're trying to get all the Ranger Keys and then they, and they're always working towards that goal.
2: I think to piggyback off that, the thing that, and maybe you guys uh, might agree with this, is that usually for me, I think it's every other season of Super Sentai. Most seasons, if I like a season, I will watch it through, but there's a very noticeable drop-off usually when your extra ranger gets introduced, and I think the thing that I don't think enough people give credit to Gokaiger for is the reason, at least for my money, that I didn't feel that drop-off after Guy joined the team wasn't so much just that I enjoyed Guy as a character, but mainly because they had Bosco as the bridge villain from one arc through to the next. And he was such a very viable uh, rival and threat that you don't even think about uh, what episodes we're focusing on as far as a tribute or whether or not the Zangyak really are doing a good enough job. No, you're focused actually on just this rivalry between Bosco and Marvelous and him, you know, just getting all up in his business and also having those extra keys that you, you, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know, why haven't we seen any extra Ranger keys? Oh, guess what? This guy's got all of them. But he was just such a good foil for Marvelous and everybody else that I think that, as opposed to any other series, is what helps carry it over.
1: I mean, I think those are all good points. Um, my thing is, and it's one of the things that I knocked against the show when i first watched it and i still kind of knock against it now but not as hard is that the i mean a show is as good as its villains, and the main villains which are the zangyak which is you know war and his crew then you have his father octo skill yeah back then i thought they were pointless and even now i still kind of think they're pointless like they're just this kind of looming threat, but the fact that Warsgill is such a incompetent leader—I know that's, that's the point of his character—is that he is a spoiled prince who can't do anything. Um, but that happens for so long, like you never, you never truly feel the ramifications of his failures until close to it and after his death. When his father shows up, like before that, it just it just felt like this ongoing thing where he just keeps failing, he keeps uh, being a spoiled brat, he keeps complaining, and then he comes up with another plan that he thinks is brilliant, but then it fails again, and just keeps going again and again and again. If it wasn't for Bosco showing up, like Bosco does, kind of save the show, but it also kind of shines a light on what I feel like is a a low point in the show which is the Zongyak in general like I feel like as imposing as they are where they're supposed to be the empire of the universe that is taken over everywhere and you know Earth is the last one of the last you know unconquered planets it just feels like it feels like they would have been more of a threat sooner whereas they they start off as a threat then the Gokaiger fight them then it's a back and forth for like 30 episodes and then uh after Wallace Gills dies, then his father shows up and then it becomes more of a threat. It just feels like there's a long time where he's, it's not a threat. Like, you focus, because you're focusing on the, the Gokaijus and then you have the tribute episodes, which towards the end, they, uh, somewhere in the middle, they, it became really good where it did help, you know, further the character developments of each character that it interacts with but there are times where it just feels like it kind of stops the progression of the sh- of the story for the tribute episode especially towards like the first third of the
3: show but the, the the tributes they are the story in a way
2: well i i think with those first couple of tributes especially within the first i think it's the first 10 or 15 episodes specifically those are the ones they went with just right. like any other tokusatsu series that first 15 episodes is the first quarter. We are selling toys. We are trying to get across to you, we need you to buy the Mobitets, we need you to buy GokaiO, we need you to buy all these uh specifically Decker Ranger and maji Ranger themed accessories for GokaiO uh which is why like um I think more so than any of the other ones. I think by episode 20 I'm like, "Okay, geez guys, do you have to keep using Shinken GokaiO every chance you get?" I get it. You want me to get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that also didn't make any sense to me. Like I never understood I never understood why they combined the Shinken Shink power and the Gower Ranger power. Cause that that's not
2: it's the whole thing, it always comes back to Bondi designs the toys and it's up to the writers to justify yeah. how that works. Right. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
3: No, I I get what you're I get what you're saying though. You're It's a question of, you know, why did they decide to combine those specific teams' powers together? Because, I mean, even if, even say, assuming, you know, of course, Bandai's the one destroying or destroying (laughs) 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 slip of the tongue there, Uh, even if Bandai's the one creating the toys, um, it's like, well, why are they mashing these two specific ones together? Well, this. the easy
2: the easy explanation is that the shared thing between the two of them is that the red pilot's a lion.
0: Yeah, I guess that that that's huh. the that's the only real explanation you can get away with. Yeah,
2: and that's really all you need because let's not get ahead of ourselves, folks. This is a kids' show that we love.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I get. I mean, of course. I'm just saying. Like, there's there's some things where it's like, oh, this turns into you know an actual weapon. And there's other times where it's just like, okay, we're just, just going to project the previous, uh, the legacy mech, and it's going to do a thing. Like
3: with
2: the Bokengers. Right. Yeah.
3: I mean, like, of all the complaints that you've made about, or the the, the points that you've made to complain about the show so far, um, I, I, I that's the one that I do kind of feel the most, because I, I love thematic consistency, personally. Well,
2: well I think there's... <laughs> For some people, this is probably easier than other things. There's some things where it's like, when you get to the episode where they bother explaining their uh, cameo appearance in the uh, Ager movie.
3: Oh, I love that one. In I love the, the fact that they did that. Ghostager
2: vs. Shinkenger epic on Ginmaku movie. They have that right. episode explaining why they were there at all. Yeah, the which, time travel yeah, thing. Mind you, points for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they're going to bother to dedicate a whole episode to rationalizing why they were there at all I think I can forgive them for phoning in you know what just use footage of uh the Bokenger mech for this episode I think I can give them a pass on that
1: I mean for the most part those kind of stuffs like that's just you know um I can get I, I, like you said I can give them a pass on that like there's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff where like I love the you know, the tribute episode, I love seeing the new the the past hero come back and I love the lesson that they gave to them. And then they get to the to the Gokai they get into Gokai Galleon and, you know, Gokaio and then they, you know, put the keys in and it's it's a it's a crapshoot if it's a <laughs> if it's a good thing or not. But I mean my main thing is it's just that I feel like a lot of the it had they had a lot of good stories that pertain to the characters and characters that they know. Like for example Joe and sid slash uh Barzo like mm-hmm. that kind of story or you know uh marvelous and bosco like those kind of things are really good i like those 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 moments i like um hearing about you know marvelous and Aka red and the red pirates and all that stuff and what happened with them I like all of their stories like their back- backstories and stuff coming back i him and her like her episode is one of the best episodes like, oh, it I like seeing her. I, I remember back then even thinking like, "Oh, this is like I want more episodes with her where she's like this, where she's like she's she's such a proper like her personality is that she's very demure nice. and uh princess like. Like very feminine. Well, I mean, it's just that she's royalty, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But then when this happens like this is the first time you ever see her rush into battle. Before anybody else. Like as soon as she sees that guy, she rushes in before Joe and uh Guy. And it
0: wasn't just that she rushed into the battle, it's that the entire episode was centered around her wanting revenge and then the rest yeah. of the team going, because you you normally don't associate like prim and proper people like I'm with like very vicious and, you know, more evil kind of uh motivations like revenge. But the, here she is trying to like rush into battle to avenge her home planet. She's basically doing mm-hmm. it for her revenge. It's a very base instinct, a very base type of motivation. And the rest of the team is all like, okay, we're we're here for you, but you, you gotta, you know, you gotta tune yourself down. Uh, you you yeah, gotta dial it back take a handle. A yeah, you gotta <laughs> get a handle on yourself.
1: So Here's it's the like, thing. yeah. The, one of the reasons why they want to help and they didn't, they ended up not really telling her or explaining it to her is because they knew that she was going into battle to die. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to win, and she didn't care about her life. Yeah. And they jumped in because they don't want to lose her as a friend and as a team member. And But they don't tell her that because they don't want that to weigh on her, I guess, on her conscience, maybe? I don't they, know.
3: They mention it at the end of the episode. Or Guy mentions it at the end of the episode. And um, Yeah, but then they shut him up. Yeah, the <laughs> Marvelous starts wrestling him to the ground. Yeah. Like, stop talking, you idiot. Soon they Marvelous.
1: There's another episode where, I think it's the GoGo5 episode, where... You know, we see that Luca is so protective of her mm-hmm. and then when they have to figure out a plan to get, you know, uh, go pink to the hospital, you know, escape with the with the ambulance. Right. Um, she starts saying, oh, and Luca's like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, disguise myself as her and it'll buy you guys time. It won't work, but it'll buy you guys time. And then Ahim stops her. It's like, you need to stop protecting me. I can I am capable. I can I can help out. Lean on me. I want to be a part of the plan. Well, I think it was a good moment for both of them.
2: Yeah, for both of them because one, it shows uh, I'm Imu's agency and capability. But two, mm-hmm. up to that point, I think for the most part, Luca had been depicted as just this incredible badass. Oh yeah.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: Up to that point, making her probably one of my favorite yellows ever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's that it's that thing that part of the reason she's protecting I'm Imu is not just because. Uh, she's she's part of the team. It's partly PTSD.
1: Yeah, like she doesn't yeah.
2: want the past to repeat itself. That's why she's being so much like the big sister, trying to take care of her, and why it's so beautiful by the end. That dynamic has flipped. Yeah, that
1: guy says like it looks like it looks like Ahim is the the big sister, big sister now. Yeah, and then Marvel's like, does it really matter?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. See. This this is one of the things I like about it is because usually when you have like a tomboyish character and a, you know, very feminine girly girl character, the tomboyish character is the strong one and the, you know, the girly girl character is the weak one. And I think that this is one of those series where it shows that it doesn't matter if you're like more masculine or more feminine. There are different ways of expressing yourself, but you can still be strong in spite of that.
3: Yeah. You know, I was... I was really looking forward to talking about I am because uh, she, she's really just great overall in the series and she doesn't get a ton of moments to, to really shine. But um, that go, go five episode was, was a good example. And then later on in the Abba Ranger tribute episode, when uh, she she sort of takes the lead while the others are trying to figure something out, I, I don't remember exactly what the others were up to at the time. But she goes off with Guy to try to fight the Zangyak, and she and they do a full cosplay uh, tribute episode. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it used to be a thing <laughs> in Sentai. This is something that I didn't learn until I watched uh, Zou Ranger. Um, she, she goes through like three different cosplay costumes, uh, in different scenes to to fool the Zongyak. And apparently it used to be a common episode trope where it would would be the pink cosplay episode.
0: Yeah. The, the, the fan service cosplay episode. Yeah.
3: Yeah. When I, so when I went and watched Ranger, um, and I I wrote a review about Ranger on the website, but, uh, but when I went and watched it, I, I noticed that and I was like, wait a second. This is like what they did in Gokaiji. Was this like a
1: common thing?
3: Was that a nod? <laughs> and it turns oh, out yeah. it
1: was. Oh yeah. Have you seen the uh, Gao Ranger versus Super Sentai? Movie? Uh nope. <laughs> okay, so if you watch that, it's like fifty percent a clip show. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's good though. It's it's. I think it's good, and it also explains a lot of the tropes up until that point, and it shows how that was a trope for a long time.
3: Oh, okay.
2: So. I appreciate you bringing that up because, like, now that I'm thinking about it in general with this series, even the motif, it's a payoff. Because if you go back a couple of years to Bokendra versus Super Sentai, that's the introduction mm-hmm. of Aka Red and yeah. the concept of there being the culmination in one form of somebody who represents the past Super Sentai and can switch between the powers. Oh. So you get here... And it's like, oh, remember that one-off guy that we brought up just for a, a little mini-movie? Guess what? We're basing a whole series around
1: that guy's powers. Also, I can't believe that they, they even designed the, the pop collars to be, like, Akka
2: Yeah. But then you remember the pop collars are a throwback to Go Ranger.
1: Ranger. Go Ranger, yeah. I, I think that the
0: fact that they, they were able to take so many, like, different design philosophies and... Uh, you know, combine it into a very cohesive whole. I mean, like the the Gokaijir costumes are probably the most stylish ones, one of the most stylish, if not the most stylish, Sentai costumes, like in the whole franchise. So I think that, like, yeah, the design—that's what I'm talking um, about. That swagger, man. Yeah, That's the design aesthetic for this. Yeah, the design aesthetic <laughs> for this series was like you know, like you know, they they were at the top of their game for this series.
2: For sure. Plus, like. I think the beautiful thing about it is because we've seen them come back, uh, if not all of them, then one or two of them several times over the the last couple of years, like with uh, the zoos
3: They all came back for that one.
2: If you've sat through this whole series and you've taken it into yourself, anytime you hear that music that your pulse <laughs> quickens. You know yeah. something's about to go down.
0: You know, every like when when that crossover episode happened, I was at, I think I'm not sure if it was um Japan World Heroes or Power Morphicon, but either way, my friend was in a cosplay group for Ju-Oger for that con. And um I went there of course in my marvelous cosplay and that that crossover aired right on that weekend, and that whole weekend, I was calling it. Oh, have you seen the new Go series with G- uh, forty-eight episodes of G- uh, Geo Geoja cameoing? And it pissed him <laughs> off so bad. He got so annoyed <laughs> with me because <laughs> I like it was like you know that was the weekend where he was like um like doing that whole thing with the latest Sentai group, and I was just like you know um poking him with the whole. Hey, have you seen the new Go kaiju with like I don't know what what other Super Sentai is cameoing in seen, their series have you seen again? The Geoja tribute
3: <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and he got so annoyed with me. That was definitely the highlight of that comic.
3: <laughs> That's great. Um, I, d- I I kind of want to go back and talk about I am because I I we I almost talked about I am and then I didn't <laughs> by accident. Oh no, go ahead. So now, just I re- I really appreciate I am's character because you get those moments like that Abra Ranger tribute where she takes the lead and really sells it, and then you've got that episode where she fights Zatsurig. Uh, Who destroyed her planet and you see and you get her Mm -hmm. piece of the backstory um, Mm -hmm. and the pirates all reminisce on, you know, where she started and where she ended up. And, you know, there's you see that new side of her where where she just lets loose and it feels so intensely personal. She's she's basically Sentai Princess Leia. Yeah, and right. the scene where she cried in front of the others—that was that—that that was like the most real, like the saddest thing in Sentai that I had seen in a while. That was a good um, scene. Yeah, yeah, it, it made me tear up, and uh, it was—it felt so. That that was a good. That was some good acting right there. Um, but then the fact that she got to lead the attack against Zatsurig with the team—they did a bunch of uh, Sentai duo morphs, like popular duos. Yeah. Um, yeah and she was in each one of those. She just sort of led the attack with the whole team. And that that, that was really awesome you seeing her be that really awesome fighter. That was the payoff for Iem's character and where she where she started and where, and where you get to see her go. Fa- absolutely fantastic her character. No, oh, yeah, great.
0: she's probably one of my favorite characters in all of Sentai. In fact, like her Yui Koike was, like, the the one and only idol I've ever, like, bought merch for because of that. Like, like, that's, like, the one and only time I've bought merch for an idol. I'm somewhat ashamed of it, but not really. (laughs) No, we get it. You're cool, man. You're cool. (laughs) Because I have never bought any merch based on, like, an idol or a celebrity except this one time. And one time after that. Right. Well,
2: we'll
1: talk about that one some other time.
2: <laughs> save it save, save for later, man. Save it for after dark.
1: Okay. Okay. But yeah, I, 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 th- I, I do wish that there were more moments like that. um But I, I do like the ones that she had were really great, mm-hmm. and I think that's that kind of ties into what I was saying about you know some of the tribute episodes did really well for the character, and some of them felt like they were. Uh, speed bumps i guess and you know that's the thing of yeah that's the thing about the tribute
0: episodes was that they weren't from what i understand they weren't planned out for the story so which is why it goes back into that whole disjointed thing i talked about because um and we were talking about this before the show so we have to put uh, talk about it now right because yeah. the Tohoku earthquake happened
1: while yes, the show yes, was airing
0: and everybody like the, the Sentai actors were saying, how are, we going, how are we going to let the kids forget about this you know, disaster that shook our entire country? And they're all like, oh, how, how about we, we start showing up in the new Super Sentai show? It, and it happened to be Go-Kaijer that year. And they originally, I think they only planned on having maybe seven or so teams come back to like, you know, give well, them great let's, powers. L-
2: let's go ahead and put it in context there. The earthquake right. happened on March, what, 11th?
0: Yeah, something yeah, like that. Of 2011, 2011
2: so yeah. that's in between episodes four and five of the series. The series is just starting out, and you're yeah. you are correct. They only had, I think, about half the amount of cameos planned. And then once the earthquake happens, uh, the former actors take to social media to go ahead and send positive messages out to the people. And then yeah. Toei and the people all responded to the, like to that outpouring of support like oh my god i didn't realize how much you meant to me growing up and even now you know i looked up to you as my hero you know whichever series you were in die ranger mega ranger whatever you're out there giving me support right now i need that thank you and then toys like oh my god this is working this is something completely organic separate from what we had planned for the series we need to find a way to get him in let's let's get him in as much as we can which is why in those later episodes you start seeing those little clusters of people of right. cameos in one episode because they were like, no, we need to get as many representatives as we can in. This is important. Th- like, that's the thing I get in their handling of Super Sentai versus the handling of Common Rider is that Toy understood how important it was to make sure everybody came back and how much it meant to the people.
0: Yeah, it has an element of right place, right time, too, because all the, oh, it was like absolutely. a perfect storm at the time, you know? And if sometimes the cameos seem like they were like, you know, shoehorned in or like a speed bump or like just kind of there, it's because they were, because the writers didn't really plan on it. So they, they right, just right, right. integrated them as best as they could. So like, if you, if you, watch say like the live man episode it's integrated so well it it goes into like joe's backstory um about the live man like um i forgot which who was the camryo i think it was the yellow ranger from live man
1: yeah and yeah
0: so he he was he talks to joe about his friends dying and um you know having their memories live on through him and accepting that they're gone and that helps joe come to terms with his with um his Senior, Sid dying, or not really dying, but being turned into, you know, Barry Zord, A robot, yeah. And, you know, th- that one is integrated so well. I'm not sure if they had planned that already or if that was like a last-minute addition, but either way, that's integrated so well versus some other ones where the integration wasn't as done as well, probably because they, they didn't know how to really squeeze it in as well. Yeah. It's like why you,
2: in those last couple of episodes, like, do you really need Mammoth Ranger, Goshi... Helping people out, it could have been right. anybody, but th- we just needed to make sure we had that representation there because we need somebody from Jew Ranger.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, that's that's I like watching it now. That is something that I give like the show a pass for because I mean, I mean, we know you know going through you know the coronavirus pandemic now and how that affected shows last year. And um, watching this again, it's like, yeah, I can understand why they had to like on the fly add a bunch of these people in because. They were showing so much support to kids uh, during that time. And they were getting so much feedback about that. And then, you know, a lot of them probably weren't planning to be on the show before. Right. Or Toei probably didn't have that plan. And then once that happened, they're like, oh, this is, you know, let <clears throat> how can we help you kind of a thing? Yeah. So I appreciate the cameos more because of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I understand... How that would, you know, derail a lot of the story moments of it, but I appreciate the moments where they actually integrate, like the Joe episode. The Joe episode is probably one of my favorite episodes in this in the series because of how they connected Joe's loss to Joe's. It's so weird to say because they're both named Joe. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Um, but yeah, because he he like you said how he talks about his friends and how he had to. Is it is so similar where they actually had he had to defeat his friends, and Joe's gonna have to you know defeat Barizor, and they had that connection. That makes me think that that was one of the episodes that was like planned beforehand. Honestly, yeah.
0: There's no way to know now, huh? (laughs)
2: There's
1: no way. You got to remember
2: even tying that back to the 199 Hero Great Battle movie. You got to remember there one of the side stories there is a salary man who doesn't think he can make it, and his life is quite literally saved by older Sentai members. Right. Telling him to, you know, not lose hope. And then that's yeah. kind of the whole point of the great miracle at the end of that movie, is that dude remembered how important it was that the very first Super Sentai was there for him as a kid. And now right. all these years later, he can cheer them on, and that helps, you know,
0: carry him over.
3: And his figure became the mecca. And then yeah. the Gokaiger's got their grand power,
0: right? And don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not holding it against the show when I say that the story feels a little bit disjointed and some of the cameos weren't um, integrated as well as they um, others. But that because um, I love it personally, there's a reason I, I I really wanted to be in this podcast because there I just love Gokaiger. I love it so much. But if we're like if we're gonna like an- analyze it critically as much as you can critically analyze a children's show, right? Right, um, <laughs> like we're still, we're like four grown men sitting here analyzing a children's show on a podcast. But you know, if, if you want to analyze a narrative critically, then you know you have to take into the context of like what happens behind the scenes, how it mm-hmm, like yeah. you know how it how all the story elements fit together. Um, do the how the story elements integrate into the show itself, things like that. So I'm not really holding it against it in the sense that I don't like it, but rather that it's the the show as a whole. Um, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword
3: for it. I, I still don't think it really felt disjointed, though, like, to me personally, because, I mean, yeah, you got moments like the, uh, like the Live Man tribute, where it directly integrates with Joe's own character arc, um, and the story of Barazorg, but then it's like, you know, you've got, you've got 35 teams that they've got to get the grand powers of, and you can't keep that up through the whole thing, and I never expected them to, and the way that they yeah. set up the episodic nature of the show uh, sort of prepared me for, um, you know, oh, how are they going to get the grand power this time? What's, what's it going to be? And it, I think that it's better, personally. I think it creates a really solid pacing uh, that they uh, have a whole variety of ways that it happens and different ways that they come to understandings with the previous teams. You know, sometimes the episodes are more about... What the previous teams went through. Sometimes the episodes integrate with what the characters are currently going through. Um, I just, I never had a problem with the different approaches.
0: Well, you know, th- there's there's a there's another example I could use for the Live Man episode. Um, after the Live Man episode, two episodes after it, we had the Jetman episode where Guy Yuki comes back from the dead. To help the Gokai conquer their one fears. One of the
2: top episodes in right, Totsatsu, period. That was one of
0: the best episodes. I love that episode. It was a really but, good episode. So, Live Man, two episodes later, Jet Man. both are very serious episodes about transcending death, how you transcend death, like how um, your memory can live on, how you can still help people even after your death, things like that. And in between those episodes was the I Am Fan Service episode. So you you understand it causes kind of like this weird mood whiplash when you watch uh-huh. when you marathon it and you watch those episodes back to back because you have a somber episode about death, um, Pink Ranger fan service episode which I'm not complaining about. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't think
2: any of us here on the podcast today are complaining about that episode. No, no but no. you will get
0: no complaints,
2: <laughs> sir. You will no, get no complaints about that episode. You will get no complaints about. What was it? Episode Luca, six Luca the maid. Episode outfit. six, the maid outfit. <laughs> that that I I I don't think I will ever use this. No, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm just saying that episode.
3: While I'm out. That episode.
2: Yeah. Let, let's just put it that way. That yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah.
3: Let's. But
0: you know, um, right after that, <laughs> yeah. it's like okay. So after but that, yeah, it's Man a Jetman episode. episode. So it's like okay. So there's like so, and I think you know part of it is probably because. They had to do it that way, because you know actor schedules and things like that, oh maybe he couldn't make it in time for that week, so he had they had to like reconfigure things so that's what I really mean by disjointed. You get a lot of mood whiplash when there are so many conflicting themes and elements in the overall season, so you know that that's the kind of thing I'm talking about really when you marathon it, it kind of well, gives it's you the mood same whiplash. thing
2: I think we saw evidence of that in uh Kamen Rider Geo where they had to move things around. For uh, Kuroto Don's actor not being available for the Exade tribute, so they had to kind of sandwich him into the O's tribute.
3: Right. Uh, it I just feel differently happens. about that. I feel di- so, so. I get where you're coming from. Uh, right. Like, I, I understand the sentiment about how that would might give you a little uh, whiplash, so to speak. Um, I just personally didn't feel it with Go Although with Geo, it was a little bit different because of how they structured the story differently. Well,
1: I mean. It definitely does help that, you know, the Gokaiger's whole point is to gather all the powers. But it also, like, I did, for me, it's just, it's stuff like, it's the story of the Gokaijers themselves that sometimes feels like it gets either forgotten or put on the side. Like, the whole Sid and Joe thing, it gets introduced pretty early on to the show, and then it gets, you know you don't hear about it for a long time until probably the live man episode.
0: Right. And you know what I think it is though? It's because sentai is a team-based series whereas something like Kamen Rider focuses on the exploits of like one main writer and one secondary writer. So one in Kamen Rider the main character basically has to carry the entire series entire season with some help from his supporting cast. But for sentai it's much closer to an ensemble cast. So if you if you if you look at something like say Shinkenger, which is like a very, very, like, the the story itself is pretty, pretty, pretty generic, but it's the character interactions that make it what it is. So for Gokaiger, you have that mood whiplash, the same kind of mood whiplash that kind of, like, Geo has, but because the characters are so well done, you don't really notice it as much. I'm just mentioning it mentioning it as a matter of, you know, um, you know, the critical um, observation of the show, but it's 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 actually mitigated a lot by the fact that the characters are so well written and so interesting and likable, and you like watching them. That it like it becomes it a non-issue. Lost. It's only an issue in so far as you when you want to analyze the story.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's that's kind of my point. Like the characters definitely uh, carry the show, and the character motivations, interactions, and their relationship,
2: and also absolutely the portrayals by the actors too. Because I oh, think yeah,
1: the, the actors are. Good,
2: Across yeah. the board, we get excellent performances from just about everybody in their cast. And I think, compared to a lot of other series, if you had a quote-unquote wimpy character throughout the series that doesn't really add a lot to the story, you'd be annoyed mm-hmm. with him by the end. But then when you compare that to a character like Doc Hakase here, one of the great greens, who doesn't get nearly the love he should, I, I
1: feel... Even in the show himself, because like he... <laughs> I mean, there's times where like when uh, a guy is trying to convince them to, you know, bring him in and he says, what are you going to bring? And he says, and he ta- he does the whole thing where he shows all of them in his dream, you know, being, you know, good people, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like being d- different personalities. And he completely skips Dawn uh, Don, and Dawn is like. You'd even put me in there, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah don Don
1: like everybody else is like some sort of like
0: superhero or like superhuman or princess, and Don's just some guy who who yeah, got dragged along with them
1: well no he's 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 a scientist, right he He was
0: uh, like a mechanic out in the middle of nowhere.
3: They they, sh- they showed up to his place. They were like, hey, right. Gokai Goka galleon is broken. Can you help us? But they were like posing as not pirates. And then right. he, when he recognized them, he was like, oh, and he ran away. And then he came back later because he's like, oh, I said I would fix I it. Mean, like, so I'm going to you know, fix
0: it. He ran. O- OK, you forgot one important part. He ran away
3: and his pants fell down, revealing his boxers. OK. Oh, yeah, that was a very important. <laughs> How could I forget? Um, when he came back, he he was like, um, he he, go, he shows up and he starts uh he offers to fix the ship because he's like, I I said I would do this. I never turn down after I say I'll do it. And then he gets to the ship and he's like, Wait, you guys live here? This place is a pigsty. And He starts cleaning up and he makes them dinner and Marvelous is just like, Okay, yeah, you're joining our crew. We're taking you. <laughs> he's the mom.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a monkey d lovey thing. I I want you for our crew because you you have a quality that I want.
3: Dawn was made to be a housewife.
2: But like when we get to the episodes about him being some legendary badass, right? Later on, it's like, no, nah, man, I just made that up. I, 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 I'm, I'm a wimp. I don't know what to do. Oh, but yeah. But then you see that he can still, and that's the point of a lot of the episodes. Even in the uh, the Maji Ranger episode of showing Dawn getting over his own fears of what he's capable of, like, no, nah, man, you you roll with us just the same because you're capable. Of way more than you give yourself credit for. You
0: don't have to be yeah. someone special to be a hero. Yeah, you just have to be you.
3: I'll tell you what I, you know, watching that episode, that the, I think the full framing for that episode is important though, not the Maji Ranger one, the the later one, um, when he makes a, makes up this story about being the, the legendary hero because he gets made fun of a lot by a lot of people. The Zangyak, even his friends will like, you know, they'll uh, crack jokes and stuff.
1: Even his own power. Yeah, when they, when his, their powers get stolen by Bosco and he, you know, uses them to have like basically projections of him, of their 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 Sentai heroes. Yeah. When he when he they face off, he does the hand thing. Yeah, the, the hand pose. thing. Yeah, and he's, and he's like, I don't do that. It's like, yeah, you kind of do. You don't. You don't notice. <laughs> And then
3: there's uh, there's the so Damaras is sent after the Gokaiders after the death of Prince uh, Walsgill. He was imprisoned, and then the Emperor was like, "Okay, uh, l- send him out to go fight the pirates." And he he was ready to unleash his rage on the pirates because he really did care about the prince. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, he's looking through the Gokaiders posters when he when he gets out of his cell, and he's like he's like marvelous, great pirate, uh, loot Lu- the 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 female thief Fluka Milfi uh, the. the Ex zangyak warrior Joe, um, princess of the of the pirate Famille, I am. I don't care about this guy, this this mm. Don guy, whatever. Um, and then and it that was the very episode where like he let he specifically let Don go just because he thought that he wasn't a problem, and then he he realizes in flashbacks that no, actually, yeah, I guess I am capable. I there I just do what I can do. And it was enough to save Marvelous, and then to take down Damoras. Even like he he landed the finishing blow.
0: Um, it's it's like in the um j- uh, like um some Justice League cartoons and stuff like that where, uh the all, the aliens come and take over the minds of the entire Justice League, but then they leave Batman alone because he has no powers. But then he turns out to be like the most dangerous character, like the most dangerous member of the Justice League, and underestimating him is their undoing. And then like yeah. let's let's
2: not play down beyond characters, let's talk about suits. The the language the fight language of Dawn in every fight being up. consistently Jackie Chan levels of both hilarious but effective.
1: Right, yeah. I was I was about to bring up these the suit acting across the board. Is but really specifically, well I want to
2: shout out for Gokai Green suit actor never laying up, like, every time they do the roll, roll call, consistently <laughs> doing something <laughs> stupid at the very end and not being in keeping in step with everybody else. I love that so much.
0: Or, like, one of the episodes where he comes up the stairs with a pot on top of his helmet to protect his head. So he has a pot on top of the helmet that protects his head. It's like, okay, that's just absurd. <laughs>
1: There are so many times where I've laughed during a Sentai fight, which doesn't happen in many Sentai, where he does something that's just so goofy. There was one point where I forget who uh, what the main monster was, but they were fighting the, the what, what, what are they called? The Gorman, Yeah, yeah. the Gorman, the, the Gomin, yeah. Yeah. And then he's, everybody's fighting with their weapons and stuff, and he's fighting barehanded. Right. And you're like, wait, what happened? And then he falls back. And under a tree is his sword. He picks up the sword, starts slashing, and you're like, wait, but where's his gun? And then you pan around and you see the gun is hanging on a thread for some reason on the tree, on the the bush. And he picks it up off of the thing and he starts shooting while he's hiding behind a bush. And it's like, it's just the goofiest stuff. I love it. There's a specific
3: moment that comes to mind that it wasn't the suit actor, but I I had sent in uh, in Discord to you guys, actually um not not tonight but like before there was a uh there was a moment where they're transforming as a group and he he like does this little hop as he's making the Gokai change pose and it was just the most random thing in the in this group henshin and i like zoomed in yeah. on it and took a took a video <laughs> so i would never it's forget it's everything
1: It's their, it's their team blasts, their team slashes he's always doing something goofy and extra that adds to his character
3: you can you
0: can meme a lot of like don's stuff like if you if if you've seen it's always sunny in philadelphia you can put him in that um frank reynolds so anyway i started blasting meme too
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah he does that a (laughs) lot (laughs) also i would i would like i mean i would like to give a shout out to the red suit actor oh Oh, yeah yeah. the
0: swagger the swagger on that suit actor oh my god
1: like a lot of people say like there's you know I mean, we always there's names out there of, of suit actors that we know that have done like amazing performances, and he's over the years become one of my favorite suit actors because he he can go from this the 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 stereotypical hero character like Bocan Red next year being John and he's always hunched over always like kidish kid energy just goofy and then he goes to this and. No matter what he's doing, the way he holds his gun, the way he holds his sword, the way he runs, the way he walks. Like, a lot of times he walks. Like, he will—everybody goes into attack. And he does his initial slash. Everybody else jumps around him to hit the guy, the, the monster. And he kind of s- slowly walks back a little bit. And it's like he's surveying the situation, but he has just, like— you got that holier-than-thou energy. Yeah. The presence. Yeah, it's just the presence. And it's all because of that suit actor. Because I mean, It's a combination what, what, what's his of suit name? actor and the actor. Um, I, I don't remember his
0: name. I met him once at one of the J, um, Japan World Heroes He was at cons. the first one.
1: He was at the first Japan World Heroes. His name is uh, Hirofumi Fukuzawa. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah,
2: that dude, like, just the way, especially you notice it if you're really looking for it, whenever they do the uh, final wave Gokai Slash, the the oh, step dude. back into the Slash, like, there's some little extra on there. Right,
1: Yeah, yeah. Is there's a thing like yeah, it's both the one where he does with just the, the sword itself, where he does like this full on swing and the you can see the full arc of the sword going around him. There's another one where he does the, the gun and the sword one where he shoots the gun and it's got like this really like it's a cool pose that he does it and then he slashes. It's just there's so much personality in his performance as Gokai Red.
0: Yeah, he's such a good uh he's such a master at the uh, the body language acting.
1: Mm -hmm. he he really is and i think i think he does it in certain shows he does it more subtly than others right but when he like when he has a character that's just so expressive or has some kind of vibe to them he does it really well and also this was his last performance as a main cast Mm -hmm. after this he switches to action director he and and uh i think i think gokai blues suit actor becomes red buster Ah. i believe Mm. Um, but yeah he's he's one of my favorites and he it's funny because like you know in sentai they they bring a lot of like suit actors to do small roles in like extras and stuff once in a while if you go back in different sentai series like in the 90s and early 2000s you'll see him as like a security guard or like a henchman or something Mm. like that and he he's, he's he's got a very like distinguished face where you can kind of spot him in the crowd kind of thing it's really cool i i he's one of my favorite suit actors. <laughs> i just like um gushing about him whenever i can
3: I, I have we have we talked enough about joe should we should we talk about luca okay wait have we talked enough about joe
2: we did right we haven't at all oh just, just real briefly the the i think it's what episode four or five
0: the five-handed style <laughs> oh yeah the five sword style
3: Right, I sent a picture of that when I
0: saw it. They, they, they saw the guy from uh, One Piece, and they're all like, "You know what?
3: We can do better.
0: <laughs> we can do better than three swords."
3: And then they like they had to make like a, spe- a specific prop just for that.
0: Two specific props. Yeah, you you can find that piece in the um, figure arts too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's great. I, w- I will say, like when I first watched the show, my first time watching it, it was. He was not necessarily my favorite character, but watching it now, he's probably, I think he's one of my favorite characters in the show, and I think the actor is probably one of the better actors of the show. Well, he's certainly, Yuki Amada
2: has gone on to do quite a bit after the show.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I've heard.
2: Like, he's in a lot of those um, high and low movies, Uh, been in several other dramas and movies since. Really about half the cast went on to do a lot of really big things after the show
3: yeah that's true. You, know, you know you you mentioned uh when we did um i i, th- I think it was for token at when we were watching uh superhero tyson
1: uh-huh. yeah we did the the commentary yeah which if you if you want to hear the commentary for our well it's basically a watch along for uh superhero tyson uh you can go onto our patreon and you'll be able to uh see that episode if
3: you appreciate Dawn and also Kazoos, you will want to do that but anyway uh you you mentioned during that commentary that um his acting in that movie seemed more intense than in Gokeiger, and I think you know he really showed what he could do and he was he is one of the best of the of the cast it's It's
1: really hard to rank yeah. them though they're all so good um well i forgot the i forgot the live man episode because in the live man episode he did a pre- he is a pretty good acting oh yeah actor, for he shot. has good ra- he has good range oh yeah. he, he's got incredible range absolutely but also the character of joe is like i it's one thing that i appreciate about the the cast and the show in general and but specifically joe is that he is I mean, the the blue hero is usually like you know, he's the second in command, he is the backup for the red. Right. But it really feels like in this show that he is, it's like a partnership. Like they are equals mm-hmm. and they know each other really well. And he trusts Marvelous and Marvelous trusts Joe. Um and it kind of extends to the whole team where they all kind of have um they all kind of have trust in each other and in each other's abilities to the point where they will put each other in situations because they know that they can get out of it. And I think Joe does that a lot for Marvelous. When Marvelous does something that's like everybody else thinks that is wrong, he just let him do it. He knows what he's doing because he has faith in it, faith in Marvelous. And he has faith in the rest of the team as well.
0: I think it's significant because um, Joe was the first one that Marvelous recruited right after Bosco betrayed him to the Zangiac. And Joe himself yeah. was from the Zangiac initially. And M- Marvelous was the person that saved Joe by, you know, tearing off that you know, electric caller, electric bomb caller, when, yeah. you know, he he already made peace with the fact that he was going to be tracked his whole life. So that 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 kind of forged-by-fire brotherhood kind of thing, like, resonates yeah. with a lot of viewers. Yeah, I, I appreciate
1: it more the second time I watched the show. I don't have anything to add. You guys nailed
3: it on the head with Joe.
0: You know, I think one of the reasons that the the writing for the show was so well done was because... It it's like the Simpsons movie effect where they had a lot of writers who not only were fans of the show but also were writers themselves on previous Sentai seasons. I I, I heard this story. I, I can't I can't remember where I heard it or where I read it, but I remember this. Uh, someone. Uh, I remember reading somewhere that one of the writers for the Jetman episode was the writer for the original Jetman series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the writers for that episode was like a new newer writer who wanted to bring back Gaiyuki because he he really Gaiyuki was his favorite character and he wanted Gaiyuki to come back. But the original writer was all like, "No, you can't bring him back. We killed him. He he's dead. We are not bringing him back. End of story." And they almost got into a fist fight over it.
3: <laughs>
0: and what happened in the episode was basically like a really was basically like a like gritted through teeth compromise of both of those writers like okay he's dead but he'll come back as a ghost that only the go can see Uh uh-huh was that Toshiki Inoue uh I I yeah Toshiki I I think so but I'm not sure because I I'm not sure if Toshiki is it so
2: hard to imagine that somebody would want to punch Inoue uh (laughs)
0: you know you know I'm sure he's one of the he he's he's almost like a Alan Moore type of writer in Japanese circles isn't he in a way yeah i, I can see that <laughs> but like in the end i think
2: between the two of them the compromise that you get in episode 28 for that jetman tribute it made me not being very interested in jetman be like i need to see jetman
0: yeah yeah because you know guy yuki was a breakout character from jetman so it makes sense that he was the character that represented them but yeah. you know when like how is he going to do that when he's dead but But it's that
2: whole thing, like, you know you've done your job right when you're doing a tribute episode, that the chatter in the ether gets bigger when, after that show's aired, after that episode's aired, you have people asking, where can I go watch that thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, after the Live Man episode, where can I go watch Live Man? After the Jet Man episode, where can I watch more Jet Man? Uh, Where can I watch more Bokenger, Ranger, Go-Onger? that's how you know you did your job right.
0: Yeah, and I think that the the story about the fist fight thing um it really goes to show and cuz Jetman has achieved like some weird legendary status in Japan. So it really goes to show how seriously people there take their Jetman.
3: I mean, I watched the Jetman tribute and was just thinking to myself as I was watching it, okay, yeah, no, I should definitely come back and revisit these episodes again once I watched the shows that they are that they were inspired by um and you know the jetman tribute sort of made me realize that cuz there were some things that like I I felt like I still was missing after w- after watching a lot of sentai and then coming back to the jetman tribute. Yeah. Um it just I I, I don't know. Yet yeah, although um I wonder if they named guy uh you know Gokai Silver guy what they did because of Jetman cuz like his whole thing was Entirely that it's was- possible. Yeah, it's possible. Because think about it his whole thing was that um he got his powers after sacrificing his life almost sacrificing his life and past dead sentai rangers came back and gave him their their powers and that's how he he became gokai silver right. um so maybe maybe i wonder i wonder if they named him that because but of But then that Shet-Man. would be
2: weird that in that episode he's the one guy that can't see the past dead previous I was wondering Super if Shet-Man.
3: that was a cheeky nod like i like cuz they they didn't really explain why he couldn't see him and I was wondering about that. Although he, there is a part in that episode where he's like singing the theme song. He, yeah, you can hear him going "jet do, jet do, jet do, jet do." Yeah.
1: <laughs> and also, the, it's interesting because it's just—I think it's one. There's only two episodes that are kind of, well, maybe two, three episodes that are super spoilery for the shows that they tribute. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can go through every one of them and be like, "It's it's fine to watch it." Yeah. Uh, whereas it, whereas in like De- I think decade, decade has a few of those too, where it's kind of spoilery if you haven't seen the show. And Geo, um, by extension, think, yeah. But I think Go does it a bit better.
2: Well, I think there's a difference between like you don't need to watch the series, like say the Geki Ranger episode. You don't need to watch the series. There's yeah. the Jetman episode where that's a really big spoiler. And then you've got like the two episode go on your tribute where it's like, wait, Bear
0: RV did what now with who? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> to be fair though, for the Jetman episode, it's basically like a Final Fantasy VII situation. It's like Aerith dies. Thanks for spoiling it for me. It's like okay, that happened uh-huh. like twenty years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. I mean, some like the Jetman one is like it's it's something that everybody kind of knew. I mean, there's other stuff like, uh, like when go like when Guy gets his uh, his powers, and they talk. He shows you know, Aubrey Killer, Dragon Ranger, and Time Fire. Uh, They're all dead. If you didn't know, if you didn't know that though, I don't know if you would put get toge- put that together that they were all dead. Yeah, like you would just think, oh, it's just it's just it's just you know. Past ra- random past Rangers. Yeah.
2: I just I just know for me, having watched it at the time, I had no knowledge of Jetman beyond the theme song. So I learned that day watching that episode uh, that mm. Yuki guy had died, uh, and I don't think that affected me nearly as hard as when you get to episode thirty five and you find out that Speedor and R V got busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, that messed me up way worse.
3: I I just I just laughed it off. Honestly, oh, although I, I I do wonder if my first time watch because I don't remember at this point. I don't remember if when I watched the first time and I saw the scene where Guy gets his powers. I don't remember if I put two and two together with that or if I found out
1: later. Um, See, I only I only knew about well, I put it together because I knew I've being in the fandom. I had already heard about Aubrey Killer and I've already heard about Dragon Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. So I put together that. Oh, I guess that means time fire. Diet as well, even though right now, I uh, this it annoys me. I'm watch I'm watching Time Ranger for the first time now with my brother, and we're maybe like five or six episodes into Time Fire being. Are you series. just like,
3: oh, when's it gonna happen? It,
1: when's it gonna happen? No, no, the opposite. I completely forgot that he, you know, died. Oh, show. Oh. and then I watched this Go to re, to re, review it, and I was like, oh shoot! <laughs> now you remember it's coming. Now I remember. Wah, wah. My brother doesn't know. But now I
3: remember. When I went and watched Abba Ranger, I, I had the mindset of, okay, so when, when's uh, Abba, killer going to join the team? When's he going to join the team? I know oh he... Di- I, and I, I get, like, most of the way through the series, and I'm like, I know he dies. When does he join the team? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, because it, it was like, when, in that tribute episode, because he's the only one that shows up out of suit, I remember the little bit of research that i did on Aba Ranger going into the my first watch of it um it was just a a compilation of all of his transformations there in Aba Ranger. so it didn't matter what he said on screen even though he's trying to impart all this wisdom to guy all i could say was do you change Buckety you change <laughs> yes.
3: yes you change like, i i really liked that he uh, he talked to guy about um doing something exciting and risky and he's like oh man i remember uh-huh. someone who was like that
1: man I wish it wasn't him though. Like it should have been so like the thing <laughs> I, this is just a person. But like it had to be a sixth
2: though. What other sixth? No, I get you I picked? get it,
1: but I'm just saying like personally personally after watching Abba Ranger, I don't like Abra Killer and he's such a selfish character that it didn't make sense for me that he told what he told Guy what he told him. Well uh-huh.
3: he well he sacrificed his life in the end is what happened.
1: Yeah but you know, he uh.
3: I don't know. He just... He's not the same character when he shows up in Gokaira as he was through most of ABBA Ranger.
2: Uh-huh. It, he
3: became somewhat he he changed in the end of his character arc. He changed in the last like I know, I but but regardless, um, you know, this is so long after the fact too. Um and they did bring back Abare well, Blue I mean, later. He, he's
2: been dead a while. He's had a little bit of time to think about yeah. it. Exactly.
3: That's <laughs> true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, can, can we? Uh, we we got two more Gokaiders who we haven't talked about yet, uh, Luca and Guy. And I I want to talk about the best pirate. Uh, the, <laughs> that's that's I'm gonna be pushing it a bit, but Guy. Uh, no, <laughs> Guy is great. Well, and I. Uh, guys, I, I... <laughs>
2: I can go ahead and move into Guy. Guy, I think, was the birth of the concept of the Ascended Fan. Like, this is the guy who's who's devoted his life to learning about this thing, and then the dream finally came true, and he got to become the thing. He has gone beyond the looking glass, and now he is the thing that he's devoted his life to learning about.
3: Guy is someone who people like us could see ourselves in. Yeah, it's like him and Ak- Akiba Red.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that's basically where it breaks down to. It's him and Akiba yeah. Red.
3: And Akiba yeah. Red does mention him in, like a, I think, a recap episode of Akiba Ranger. But he, uh-huh. he doesn't mention him directly. Ah. He's just like, oh, that swashbuckling silver guy.
1: Ah. Yeah, I I, I dig uh, Guy. And the more I watch it, the more I'm like, I, I like the actor. <laughs> He's just so goofy. Junior Ikeda, yeah. Yeah, which is a stark contrast to his character in Garo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, like seeing him in Garo, like it was like, oh my god, you've gone from like the most goody-goody two shoes guy to womanizing Makai Knight. Oh, you've got yeah. range, man. Good job. Yeah. And then you go from that, and then you listen to him in Digimon Adventure, and I'm like, oh my god, that's you.
1: Who's he in Digimon?
2: Uh, he in the most recent uh Digimon movies. He's who is he? Joe, right? Uh, l- let me. I, I have it right. Yeah, he's Joe.
1: Ah. Wait, the movies or the show? The Digimon Adventure Try. He's Joe. Oh, Try. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he's 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 a very talented actor. Also, he's good at in like action. Like, oh, his action stuff. was good.
0: Solid so action. Good. He does like flip backflips and stuff all by himself. So it's like he's he's
1: not just you know there. No, but like his kicks and stuff. Like he is like he is so athletic. He's really good. Like his his episode with Dye Ranger, Oh my god. I love that. The Die Ranger. Oh my so god.
2: Much. Okay, so at the time, um, like my sibling and I were we were watching on and off. I was watching every week. They were just coming in and out. They saw the clip specifically of uh of the Red Ranger there uh do his roll call out of suit. That was so cool. And they told me, <laughs> I don't know who that is. I get that they're a past ranger, I don't know what series they're from. Tell me where to watch that because the power coming off that roll call is absolutely palpable to me, and I have no idea who they are.
3: I get chills every time. I, I think, think it's that. one of the most quintessential uh, Super Sentai poses because, like, they even they they animated it in Girls and Panzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they go through the yeah, whole roll yeah, call. Yeah,
1: for, uh, yeah, yeah. For a New Ranger. I mean, in the show, it's like one of the most famous moments of Die Rangers when they do it out of suit.
2: Uh huh. And then for him to do it again here. Oh, my God. And he goes and proceeds. He's not just doing the the roll call. Then he goes and proceeds to kick some ass.
3: Oh, yeah. And he does it in the style of every ranger. I know. It was a, it was a really strong episode overall because that's the episode where Guy loses his ability to morph because his uh, Gokai cellular was taken by the monster. And right, he's yeah. like, oh, I, I can't transform, how am I supposed to save the day? And Ryu Ranger's there, he's like, dude, I can't transform, and I can still kick butt.
2: Like, that's what it is right there. Like, that's yeah. the the culmination of, even though all of us fought in the Legendary War, we willingly gave up our powers for this mess. Even if we can't transform... We're still heroes. ...with what we've got right now, do good.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of that episode, um, there are two, maybe three cameos. I don't. Know, I didn't catch it until this time. Uh, when uh, after they first meet, he takes him to his shop to try the gyoza. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which man, I want to try that gyoza. Um, when guy says I got to leave, and then there's some customers that come in. The first guy that comes in is a suit actor, and he was like the red suit actor for like. Some of the eighties and nineties. Oh, I see. He's like legendary. Uh huh. I think he was also an Akiba, Akiba Ranger when they talked about suit actors. Oh, that's oh. Cool. That's really cool. He's the guy with the he has like a he has like a headband or something around oh, his head. I the guy think. who
2: was teaching Akiba
1: Blue, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was in there, and then a lady is behind him, and from what I could see on like Japanese wiki, I don't know if it's true or not, but that is Hirafumi Fukuzawa's wife. And she was a, she's like one of the longest standing, like female suit actors wow. Wow. in Senta. Well, I did not know that. That's impressive. I didn't know it until I, I was watching it earlier. And I, I was like, I, I recognized the guy and I was like, I wonder if all three of them are suit act or, are, are, you know, cameos. So I looked it up and I was like, the third guy, I don't know who it is, but he's been in some stuff, but I don't think he's a suit actor.
3: Some impressive details, I gotta say.
1: But that guy the the main the, the the main guy that comes in like he is he's pretty legendary. I feel like so that's a really cool tribute. I thought he, I thought maybe he was like Rearranger's suit actor but he's not.
2: But anyway, that's it's good to bring up between the two cuz that that in specific is a really important uh character building episode for Guy on top of yeah. him already being the happy-go-lucky. It's interesting when you see those episodes when Guy is down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the t- it's the team that was first reluctant to bring him in who, you know, is there for him. Yeah. But also you get this this really teachable moment with, you know, uh, v Ranger where he's telling him, like, just how, reminding him of why he loved be, doing this in the first place. Because, I mean, if any, and also it's, it's a thing where if anybody, if any of us was <laughs> turned into a sentai hero, we would get carried away too. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's all
2: of us before we learn self control. Like any chance he has to be like, "Oh my god, I recognize this person. They were here in this episode. And this is their power. <laughs> and can you please sign my autograph?" But, like,
1: wait, you guys learn self control? No, I would do. I would do what Guy did when he met Rearranger. Because when he met him, immediately he does his roll call in front of him.
3: Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> I was like, that would be me. That's actually that's how he always introduced himself to to the previous rangers every single time he's like he's yeah. like hey nice to meet you I'm Gokai
1: Silva. But if you notice every every in almost every episode whenever the Gokaiders are lined up talking to the bad guy telling them oh you you know we're gonna beat the crap out of you whatever if you look at Guy he's always doing a pose
3: he is Guy is the kind of person who when he was first uh when he first made his debut in the episode directly follow yeah it's i love how these episodes have like such specific continuity with the movies too because like uh-huh. they, they first show gokai silver at the very end of the ghostager movie it takes place specifically between episodes 16 and 17 of gokai and then you watch episode 17 and he's debuted but when he first debuts he knows that he's gokai silver no one else knows it and he's like oh man there are the pirates and he's like watching waiting for his moment to make his <laughs> debut he's like he's like oh man I'm, a, I'm the sixth ranger i gotta make this moment count and then he, they, like, just walk away and ignore him. And he's like, but, yeah. but that was my yeah. moment.
2: He's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? You ready for this? You ready? And then he comes out, and it's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, no! I was wait, I had a thing. I've been waiting this whole time
3: to do the thing. Let me do the thing. Like, like most sixth rangers make a, a pretty big splash when they debut. And, and Guy is like, you can't even hold their attention.
1: Well, that's the thing. He wants to be like that because he knows all of the past. Exactly. He gets the tropes. He knows. He knows it. He's like, this is my turn to add my trope and he doesn't get a chance. He
3: is literally who Akiba Red wishes he could be.
0: And a lot of the great, a lot of the great, um, comedy moments come from his interactions with the group too. Like when he says, Oh, okay. Um, let's, let's, let's transform. You have to transform into the one with the kanji on the face. And he turns into, oh, yeah. like, and then King he Ranger? turns into, like, yeah, he turns into King Ranger and everybody else turns into like the Shinkenjo or something. And he's like, No, that's wrong. He's like, give or me my, like,
3: you gave me the wrong key. Yeah and, uh,
0: yeah. and then like, he's like, Oh, okay. How about, okay. Let's all do a, a, a dinosaur team. And then they turn into the wrong dinosaur team for him.
1: Oh yeah, because cause that's before he got access to the,
3: chest, yeah right?
1: yeah it was yeah.
3: and they yeah. like and they take that moment to explain how he gets access like how why they can all call the ranger keys to their belt buckles and that was pretty neat yeah um but all but there was also the episode like earlier on before he joined the team where they meet Red Racer and they try to turn into uh, into car ranger but they turn into Turbo Ranger instead and it's it's kind of a funny thing because not only are they both car teams but. You know, with Power Rangers Turbo being the Car Ranger suits instead of the Turbo Ranger suits, it's it's a funny extra layer to the joke.
2: Yeah. If you're an American fan, yeah, it's an extra layer. And then he's got to be like, no, 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 wrong
1: suit, wrong suit. Yep. Yeah. I would say as far as, like, him interacting with the other team, I love it when there was, I think it was the second or third episode when they finally accept him because he... He goes into fight without his power. Episode 18. Yeah, and they see like, oh, this guy has talent. This guy has heart and talent or whatever. You're a part of our team. And then he finally gets to transform with them. And they all start to go fight. And he goes to every single other Gokaidur and helps them out and looks at them for approval. Yeah. And I, I, it's hilarious because he goes to, uh, to to Luca. She almost slices him. And he said, how's that? She said, thanks. And then he goes to Joe and... And he fights and stuff like that, and then Joe just kinda nudges him and says, Watch where you're going. Like, he's like, Hi! <laughs> he's like he's like so energetic and he wants to please everybody. Well, he's living the dream at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's does he goes the extra mile. He's
3: one of the most fun sixth rangers. Oh yeah, for sure. Although I, what, one thing that I that I didn't like as much with Guy that I didn't even notice my first time watching. Uh, They treat his upgrade kind of weird. Like, first of all, he gets the upgrade in his third episode of the series, which is already a little weird. But then they just treat that upgrade as a finisher, except in, like, one other instance after its debut. Um, And I thought that was kind of weird. Can
1: I be honest with you? I don't like that.
0: I don't like gold mode. You know, <laughs> speaking of the upgrades, like the rest of the gold kaijers never get an upgrade, which I find awesome as hell because it just goes to show that they don't really need an upgrade to kick everyone's ass.
1: I mean, they're already overpowered. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's the fact
2: that they're they so strong, they don't need individual weapons. They just know how to best use the, the base weapons they're given. And then they're complete badasses.
0: Yeah, and Guy only got the upgrade because I think through the whole series, he only transformed into... Um, six Rangers, I think.
3: Yeah. Uh there, there yeah. are some specific in- instances where he'll transform into a regular team member, like when they're doing color combinations.
0: Yeah, I, mm. hmm. I don't actually remember. I think most of those, like, he just transformed into a specific colored Ranger for that was a Six Ranger, like for the all green, he turned into Dragon Ranger or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's the opposite where like some of the other Rangers other go just turn into six raids because there's only like if ava Ranger, there's only five right so he like you know the other two have to be Aubrey Killer and uh Aubrey Black there,
3: there's one time they trance they go changed into battle fever and he's like wait but, there, but there's no one on that team for me
2: uh, <laughs> it'd be the same for go uh, go ranger or sun vulcan
1: yeah yeah, yeah. sun vulcan they yeah, leave true. even more of them yeah. out uh I mean, we could, we could also talk about what he did the Christmas episode, he did the right Oh,
3: breeze. Gokai Christmas, of course. A classic. <laughs> or when he uh, he
2: couldn't decide whether or not to turn into Go on Silver or Go on Gold, so he just combined <laughs> yeah. them.
3: And that's how, that's how okay. he discovered his power, to combine Ranger keys. That's true. And yeah. and Don and was the one who put two and two together, and he was like, hey, you think you could combine 15? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. took
3: a lot of thought power, apparently.
0: Yeah, his powered-up mode is like the... This comes from the same school of thought as D- Decade's power-up mode. That's true.
3: The, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a wrestler who based a costume on gold mode. Oh, oh yeah, I think was, I saw uh, that a
0: while back. Wasn't that Rey Mysterio? I don't
1: remember.
3: I don't remember. I don't watch wrestling.
2: I'm 90% sure it was Rey Mysterio, but I'm sure somebody watching this will reach out to us on Twitter and or was correct it somebody me if from I'm wrong. Or
1: Lucha Underground? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember.
2: But that did happen. That did in fact happen. It was it was a lucha wrestler, and they wore basically the gold mode vest, and they had a bunch of lucha masks on their chest of previous well known lucha wrestlers in that same style.
1: Yeah. Right. What what one thing that I like about uh Guy is that I mean, like we said, everybody has their their place and their their value. And one of his values is that is his knowledge of Sentai. Oh yeah. 'Cause like before before he joined, whenever they showed like whenever Navi had like a premonition and it was some kind of vague thing, whenever he the Navi said something, they were all very puzzled and they had to like figure it out. When guy shows up he's like they're like uh what did he it say? It's like the the hero that skateboards something like that. Or the lion that skateboards. Oh, yeah. And he's like, it's live man. So he he he, has, he brings that to the table along along with his like love for being. a he hero. He put
3: together a whole encyclopedia of Sentai for everyone to read.
1: Yeah, he
2: he <laughs> is he is Deku before there was Deku. He, oh, he
3: really? Yeah, it's the it's Deku energy. You're right. He
2: he has big Deku energy, or Deku has big guy energy. Yes, rather yes. You sure. you were waiting for your chance to be a hero, and now you get to be a hero.
3: One other note that I wanted to touch on with Guy was actually in relation to Dawn, because it was really interesting. They have an interesting character dynamic early on where Guy is the new guy, but he is, like, super skilled at everything, and it makes Don feel really self-conscious to where he's, he's like, you know, I feel useless when I'm around you. And it was an interesting moment where, because it, it's like everyone appreciates Dawn and what he brings to the table, and he just doesn't get it. And he learns about it in that episode, and it lets him work with Guy, and it was great.
1: Uh, by the way, the, the wrestler that did that is Grand Metallic in WWE. Oh,
3: no, Grand Metallic.
2: Yeah, that's it, That's who yeah. it was. Okay, th- thank you for getting
3: that cleared up. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely, that is definitely a gold mode wrestler. So if
3: you tweeted at us, um, you should have listened to the whole podcast.
2: We did our research during the recording. We're fine.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Every, everything's fine. Um, uh, should we? Should we move on to Luca? Oh yeah, definitely.
2: I'll I'll start it off. There's that quote from Spike Spiegel and Cowboy Bebop the movie of, "I like a woman that can kick my ass."
3: That's Luca. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere. I thought you had more more to say about it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, she... The level of badassness, dual-wielding, the whole way through, gives no crap about anything. It probably is equally as commanding of a presence as Marvelous throughout the whole show, and then you get that bit of backstory about... What is it? Her her sister.
3: Her sister died.
1: Yeah, her. Sister, her, her sister.
2: Her yeah. sister. Uh, and what the Zongjak did to them, and realizing oh, there's layers to this character, and just like being one of the most capable fighters of any Yellow I've ever seen, and the fact that she lo- she comes back like I didn't think we were gonna see her in Super Sentai Greatest Battle, and then they brought her back, and I was
3: like, yes, yeah, that was oh, that was yeah, so cool. True. So like yeah, Lucas Lucas whole backstory. Uh, planet taken over by Zongyak, Obviously, her sister got sick and she wasn't able to save her, like her her little younger sister who she was like carrying on her uh-huh. back. and It was so sad. Um, and then later, she's taking care of a group of uh, people who don't have homes with another guy who she made friends with, and they just they they can't afford anything and they have to deal with Zongyak attacks and stuff. And it's they're re- they're really living in war times. And it drives her to be like, yeah, I'm going to steal what I can so that we can get the money we need to like buy a whole planet and then everything will be okay because then we'll, we'll be able to live on our own. Um, and, and so she was stealing from the Zongyak when they, when she ran into Marvelous and Joe. And they're like, man, you're awesome. You should join our crew. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. And they're like, well, we're looking for the greatest treasure. And she's like, the, the one that's worth the whole universe in cash. And, she, and they're like, yep. And she's like, "Okay, I'm on board." <laughs> and um, and she really, she is the most kick butt of mo of most of the Gokaidras. She is, she's always doing something awesome, and her her she's always ready to fight. Energy, man. her confidence. You you know if you, if you Dawn will sometimes like shake her for emphasis, and she'll just like elbow him in the in the stomach.
2: <laughs> I loved their interplay between the two yeah. of them throughout the entire show.
3: Yeah, one of my favorite episodes is the one where they switch bodies. And Luca's just doing whatever she wants. She's like, "I'm a guy. I don't get to be a guy very much. Let me let me do stuff in this body." Mind you, that w- I think that was a really
2: good impersonation uh oh, when that hum- was being done of her. Oh yeah, no. By Kazuki Shimizu, like he got her her mannerisms down
0: to a T. Yeah, for <laughs> both the in and out of suit actors were really good for that.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, you got Mao Ichimichi playing, uh, playing Luca and she, she, you know, Dawn is a very expressive person, like in the face, like he makes a lot of like crazy expressions and she got that down really, really well. And even her body language, oh, she, she was so good in that, in that episode. And it was a good character development episode where she understood, you know, Dawn was like being nervous and careful because he didn't want anything bad to happen to her body while he's watching it. Um... And meanwhile, she's doing whatever she wants and uh, not really worrying about the ramifications. Um,
2: and then the the really important thing to take away from that is that particular episode of Gokaiger uh, inspired Makoto Shinkai to make your name.
3: Did it? No.
2: <laughs> <Aww>.
1: <laughs> I was hoping. That
2: trope's been out everywhere, man. <laughs> uh, did, has that, wait, I've never
0: heard that joke.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's awful man that's awful that worked
3: too well. little did our <laughs> listeners know I am actually dawn in real life
1: <laughs> uh, oh. but yeah uh, <laughs> um i I like uh Luca for the most part uh I don't know if she's my favorite of the of the characters but she's always like i I like that she's just as. Uh, I don't know if "nonchalant" is the word, but cavalier. I guess yeah. She's as cavalier as like Marvelous and Joe. Like she's on their tier. Yes, kind of a yes. And she's one of the ones that has been through a lot. Like I mean, Ahim has been through a lot too, but she's a totally different personality than Luca.
3: Yeah, Luca, Joe, and Marvelous are the ones who are like the typical pirates, and and uh Joe or no not Joe, uh, Ahim. Guy and uh, Dawn bring a much different non piratey energy to the crew.
1: Yeah. But like, she has, she, she garners so much respect. Like, is it fair to say she's got Nami energy? From One Piece?
2: From One Piece. Piece. Oh, I haven't seen One Piece. I
3: haven't seen One Piece, but I know Nami from like commercials from way back in the day.
2: Okay. So I would, I would say there's some of that. Uh, But on top of that, it's like, She's the one who always gives lip to the Zongyak, or even in the episodes that come back, or even Marvelous, you know, her, her usual calling him somebody an idiot, the Usai Baka, you know, that somebody telling somebody to shut up or you're an idiot for this, That that ties into that, oh, we don't care, we're here for ourselves, that helped sell that. For sure, in those first few episodes, and then from there, it just oh, yeah. it, it just morphs into a beloved a beloved character tick. She, it,
3: she yeah. somewhat there's sure. a point. There's a part where someone says that to her, and she gets so offended.
1: <laughs> there was one episode. Um, I think it's the episode with the cards where they have the card game. Oh yeah. Oh the the yeah
2: the, the with the gambling uh, can't be Luca yeah, when she
1: gets serious.
3: Yeah,
2: she's
1: she's good at sleight of hand. That. I was like... Because I didn't remember this episode. So, when I watched it now, I was like... Oh, I like how, you know... Joe has, like, you know... Reverence for her skill as a... As a poker player. And stuff like that. Or as a card player. And she keeps saying, like... Oh, if if she was serious... I would never win. And I was like... Oh, man. She must be really skilled. Turns out... She's just good at hiding cards. That's all she's good at. Like, she knows how to... She knows how to sell her cards. But she also knows how to hide cards. Mm -hmm. like... So you're just good at cheating. You're not. It's not really like her version of being serious. is Just yeah, I'm just gonna cheat, which as a pirate makes sense. But Joe, because Joe is such a, I guess honorable character. Oh yeah, like he's all about honor. So he, I would think that he would have a problem with her always cheating. But I guess the I guess the respect is that. She's not cheating because they're friends. She's like, "I'm not gonna do what I usually do to win, so I'll let you win
0: you know that that episode also has like the um distinction of making Marvelous look like a complete scrub because he keeps keeps getting sent into the shadow <laughs> realm in the card game.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just he can't win, <laughs> he can't beat anyone at cards. I will say that that is the cool thing about Marvelous is that there are there are things about him, even though he's like this cool guy, this cool pirate. There's definitely things about him that are dumb, like the fact that he is dumb, like he's an idiot, (laughs) like he's the probably the dumbest person on the team. And but he he makes up for it with, you know, his, I guess, quote unquote leadership and just his drive to like want to achieve his dream. But also, yeah, he's really bad at, at cards. It's, it's
3: worth noting at this point that Lucas, the first thing Luca says to Marvelous after he suggests that she joins the crew, she's she's he, he's like, "We're looking for the greatest treasure in the universe," and she's like, "Are you stupid?" It's like, yes, yes, he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, he. he well, he I think is. it's
2: less of a a stupid thing so much as it is he's so focused on whatever it is that he's after that he's not concerned with details like how to get true, the thing yeah. he's just going to get the thing so it, it it's less a matter of intelligence so much as it is uh focused to the point of ignoring important information
0: yeah
1: he's all about getting treasure and getting food that's true i'm
3: i'm, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to the fo- to to after the podcast look, watching the final episode where he finally gets his curry
2: <laughs> and really, the only reason they do that is because it was a, th- a thing in Go Ranger.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. was it? Yep.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That—that's the uh, yellow ranger, uh, Kitty Rangers. Oh, okay.
3: I see.
2: I mean, that's oh, uh, God, I, I didn't think I was going to forget that, but thanks for reminding me. Um, the whole Go Ranger thing, appreciating uh 199 heroes more so now, having seen uh Go Ranger, because for a while Caitlin was doing this uh series of seeing Sentai videos where she was going back and watching uh, from the beginning of Super Sentai on, and she got to the Mm -hmm. episode, uh, which was the last episode of Go Ranger, and the last attack that they used to take out the Black Cross army was uh, Go Ranger Cassiopeia. That's the same move that they used to defeat the giant Black Cross king when they're in Godon Gokayo, and I totally missed that. I oh, that's notice. so cool. Yeah, like that's something you wouldn't know unless you've seen GO Ranger.
3: I think a lot of the, the greater powers, when they use them in GO Kaio, they like do a GO Kai-ger version of whatever their finisher was.
2: Yeah, uh, and the thing about yeah. it is, it, it wasn't just the name, it's the fact that they named it. They, they could have just said GO Rain Slash or something like that, but the fact that it's Cassiopeia, that's significant because that was the last straw to take out the Black Cross Army. And in that movie, that's the last straw to take him out there too.
3: Yeah, that is really that is really cool. Is I, really love cool. Um, I love that. Um, about uh, about about Luca again. I think my the the initial impression of Luca was you know she shows up with everyone and Marvelous t- t- tries to take her ring to go get money and she's like oh don't take my ring. Uh, more specifically, she goes eh? and but uh, yeah, but then um. And, and then she, uh, you know, the, the the curry restaurant gets blown up and the money's everywhere. And she's like, oh, no, my money. And then uh, uh, two episodes later, uh, when she does the uh, the maid outfit thing, it's because she was invited to work for this rich family in exchange for a ring that she really wants to buy. And the, and the daughter is like throwing money around like it's nothing because she wants to be poor again because they were close. She was closer with her father. And you see and you get this moment of Luca both. You see both sides of Luca in that episode, uh, where mm-hmm. you see her being like, what What money makes the world go round? Why are you throwing it around like it's nothing? Uh, and that and, you know, it makes a lot of sense when you see where she came from. Um, but then also uh, she comes to the understanding of, oh, I see. There are there are some things that are more important than money. And she goes back into the burning house to get the girls uh plush animal that her dad made for her. And it was it was a very yeah. strong character moment. There were a lot of really strong character moments for all of the Gokaiders in the, in those early episodes. They really make an mm-hmm. impression.
1: Uh, speaking of like <clears throat> moments, um, what are some of you guys' like favorite moments throughout the show? Um, we don't have to list all of them, but just some like ones that stick out. Like for me, I think one of my favorite villains in the show are the Sneak Bros when they try yeah. to sneak oh, the yeah yeah that's a good family. moment. I love those two characters so much, and the fact that he he shows up later on in the show. I think he's like working in a restaurant or something like that. Uh-huh. Like I I don't know the 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 comedy in that episode between uh, the two brothers, like the big brother and the little brother. Which I love the fact that the little the the oldest brother is the little ball, and the yeah. youngest one is the big dude with the. big. It's just, I love it
2: when they do that kind of trope where they flip that.
1: I
3: think I think what you're yeah, actually thinking so of good. about when they came back was because I literally just watched it in the uh, Go Kydr versus Galvan movie, and they're breaking into the uh, the what was it called again? I have it right here in my notes. Um, they were breaking into the Maku prison, and on one of the levels of the prison, uh, their sister is there.
1: No, but there there is an episode. Uh, there is an episode where. One of them comes back because the older brother gets knocked into space. The younger brother stays here. Right.
3: Okay, but was it that episode had to have happened then between episode forty nine and fifty one? Because I get, gar- I, I promise you, I, I was, I didn't see them come back.
0: Um, maybe you're thinking of jealous toe.
1: Oh yes, ah, sorry, I am thinking there of jealous Sorry, yeah, Jerushito.
0: yeah. Yeah, I was bo- b- going to bring that up because you, I already talked about, like, the uh, Marvelous Origins, Ahim episode. Like, you you can talk about, like, everybody probably likes those episodes, but I really like the Jealous Toe episodes because they're kind of, like... And, you know, it, it might seem a little bit weird for me to talk about how it's, um you know, kind of disjointed, but then go back to uh, liking those episodes. But those episodes were good breather episodes because they were leading up to, like, the Basco stuff. But jealous Toe was is such a good character that they, they the, every episode he's in is a joy to watch.
2: Yes, I would agree. Especially there yeah, in the in the Gavon episode or not episode the Gavon movie, they're they're walking through the prison. They totally don't notice him, and then he just finally he just finally speaks up. He's like, "Oh, Go Kaijus, you're here."
3: Yeah, and they're like,
2: "What <laughs> are it. you doing here?" He's like
3: locked up er- in a prison cell yeah and i wanted to talk about that moment as well because there's a lot of like old sentai villains just randomly making their appearance there there's like the fly the cameos there. there's the, the fly from gicky uh, ranger villains um yeah, there's uh the the girl from uh or the oh, actually all the ministers from Go uh from the
2: go onger yeah from go onger is the there she's go of the wind is in the cell next to her
1: oh yeah from
0: right? yes yeah, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and every time, every time he shows up, Jealousy just screams Jealousy Power, and then like charges them. It's it's just uh-huh. like every, every time you watch him like fighting them, it's it's pretty fun to watch.
1: Like that episode of of Car Ranger where he's expressing his love to uh, uh, Insarn. Yes, Insarn. yes, Insarn. Insarn, yeah, and it's it's Red Racer teaching him how to profess his love to yes. her like while he's a giant and telling him to profess the love it was just such a good moment and also the fact because i'm watching car ranger now and i got past the episode where in car ranger the main face villain falls in love with red racer right oh so it's like and the fact that in falls in love with red racer again it's like it's a callback to. oh car man ranger. that makes so much oh, sense i didn't so, know that oh wow yeah, yeah. And you know
0: the the, the whole po- the thing about him falling in love with Insarn and, and uh, the backdrop of them in like you know the school uniforms under the cherry tree it's it's just so, <laughs> so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh at it. Oh, I love that mm-hmm. so much.
2: Or really, I think it's it's during the fight right before they actually use the Car Ranger powers. They're they're kind of doing that weird little dance between Red Racer and Insarn, like. The kind of tangoing back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh, the comedy on that was so good. I
3: would. What, my favorite part about watching the the Jealous Show episodes was um the the, there like there is just such ridiculousness in the second one especially because like the the the, the threw him out with the garbage and he's literally sitting in a, sitting in a pile of trash and this woman's there like why why are you sitting there he's like I'm I'm trash and she's like and she's like. Well okay then oh, here hold this and he hands him more trash. And then <laughs> yeah. and then he's like, Well I'm hungry now and I'm gonna go get some food from this place and he's like, Well you gotta pay and he's like I can't pay and he's like and this guy, this random guy who makes like takoyaki, he's like, Okay, well, then you should be my pet. And it's like who who walks up to a person, has a conversation with them in their native language, and then says, Be my pet? But, and then he like literally treats him like a dog. Yeah. Like he's like he's like go fetch, good boy, good boy.
0: It, it's like the effect of when you watch when they were a kid and you watch Power Rangers Zeo and Goldar and Rito Repulsal lost their memory and Vulcan School. Yeah, it's that up, same energy. It, yeah, the same it, yeah energy. And they're like they're like treating them as slaves. And it's like okay, th- this is actually a fun like turnaround.
3: Yeah, but in this case, it was. It was like so ridiculous. Like, like imagine walking up to a random dude in the street and being like, "Be my pet," and then he gets on all fours like a dog. <laughs> That's what jealous jealous steal does. And then they're like, the Goikiders come up and, he, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, maybe instead of being this guy's pet, you could have a little self respect and be his, uh, be his student." And he's like, "Oh well, we gotta, we gotta go ask my mom then." And his mom is the woman who he put him out with the trash. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then like, and then like <laughs> at the very end, jealous still just runs away with the guy's mom, and then like the Go are all like, "Okay, what?" And then they just leave.
3: And then when he yeah. shows up in the Gavan movie, he's like, "Well, he's like, oh man, it's such a long story how I got here. Do you want to listen to it?" And they're like, "No, we we really don't care." No, we're good. I don't think it was the Gavan movie. I, I don't think it was the Gavan movie. I it think was. it was a GoBusters versus Go no, movie. No, no, it was the Gavan movie. Uh, are, you, are you sure? Okay. I, I literally just watched it. Okay. Worth
2: worth pointing out because so much time has passed. You go back to that. Versus Gavan movie, mm-hmm. and then you realize all these years later that the actor playing young Marvelous is Riku indeed yep.
3: Oh! Oh my goodness! Oh man! Oh! I I just had a flashback to watching the movie like three hours ago. <laughs> no, it was more. It was it was more like seven <laughs> hours <of> ago. <laughs> no, but I, I I could totally see it now. You're right. That that's Riku. Oh my gosh! Yep.
2: Not only did he learn to make it showy, but he also learned sitting around will not c- accomplish anything.
1: Wow.
3: <laughs> wow. That's amazing.
1: I will say that that, that Gavan, the. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Gokuider and Gavan movies.
2: Like, it was cool seeing Kenji Oba show up because he was already two members of Super Sentai, but then the fact that they did the versus Gavan movie and then showing that he could still throw down.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. He is so cool. No,
2: if you want to talk about favorite moments, it was when they did the side by side transformation, and they did the the Galvan transformation takes a hundred <laughs> uh, milliseconds. Let's go back and watch it. 0. The 0. Go yeah. transformation takes even less time. Let's go back and watch yep. it.
3: Yeah, that that was really cool. The
0: fact that they tied him to his
1: past—it's
0: just yeah, oh, it's it's it's, it's, so it's, good. it's a brilliant use of pre-existing uh, franchise. It, it's. Uh, Kenji Oba is basically like the Takeshi Hongo of Super Sentai at this point.
3: I mean, that moment was like that that whole movie was a real was also a really good send-off for his Gavon because yeah. like that was the last time that they used him as Gavon before the the reboot movie, right?
2: Well, he's in the reboot uh, movie as Gavon alongside Gavon Type G. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I see. I yeah.
3: have not watched the movie yet, so I didn't know.
1: He also comes back in the next In Space Squad, yeah. Oh. He just doesn't transform in Space Squad. He doesn't transform. He's like a... He's like a... Now he's like a commander. Oh, I
3: see. Like he's a higher ranking official. See. But it, it was really cool, though, because they did yeah. that moment at the very end where there's like the random voice of God or whatever it is saying, saying the, the the viewers have never seen you three transform at once. Now you should all transform. And they're like, okay. Do you know that that's a throwback? Is it?
2: Or that's a callback. There uh, was a, uh, a special... Mm. Uh, for the metal heroes, for Gavon, Scheider, and Sharivan, where the same thing happens, where the voice of God says, we've never seen you three transform at the same time, can you do it right now? Oh,
3: that's cool. There's so much fan service in these in this movie.
2: But it's the thing, like, these are things you wouldn't know on first watch if you didn't know any of this other stuff, and it just kind of that's, shows how good of a show it is, that not only can you enjoy it on its own... But by virtue of the things that you see that are cool, you realize, hey, that's a throwback to this other thing. It makes you go and seek that thing out.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like every time I watch a new show, a new Sentai, that, or uh, an old Sentai that I haven't seen, I come back and watch the crossover that was in Go, uh, the tribute episode in Go Kyger, just to see if I could pick up. I'm
3: really one. happy that I haven't rewatched much of Go Kaijer since my first watch until now, because I feel yeah. like you know i got out of it the experience that i did that first time and it made such an impression that i keep telling the story about it and now coming back and watching it with like a truly fresh set of eyes i i can have it's it's like having on the having the experience of watching it for the first time again but like already now having the knowledge that i have about other sentai it's really cool um there's a, also a, a, little, a little thing about that that break that's the jailbreak scene in the Gavon movie again um I, I just glanced over at my notes and i rem- remembered that the crocodile phone guy from abba ranger was there of all people among the other villains and that made me very happy oh i right. watched abba ranger not I, I can't say last year anymore because now it's 2021 but uh i think october 2019 ahead of doing the dino retrospective podcast and so I, and I always loved that crocodile phone guy because I thought it was so random how they chose him to be a recurring character, and he's, like, even there at the end with them, and they brought him back in that scene, and it made me very happy. So is there any other um,
1: big moments that you guys...
3: The
2: last battle. Final battle with the Super Ranger morphs. Where they were going through all 35 suits with just boom, 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 the Super Ranger. Octos Gill does not want to go down. I, was, yeah. I remember it clear as day. I was out of my seat, fists in the air, like, get him! Get him, beat him! <laughs> and, like, <laughs> they finish him, like, four times. He still doesn't go down. Then Guy has to go in. With the Gokai Galleon Buster. Link with the Gokai Galleon Buster. Oh, yeah. And then they all go in for the special charge. Like, oh, my God. Like, probably... High up on my list of favorite battles I've ever seen. It's a
3: fantastic final battle, yeah. and I even remember it pretty clearly. Even like I haven't watched it in a while. I I didn't get to that point in my rewatch before the po- recording tonight, but uh, but I still remember it so clearly. Going through all those morphs.
1: Oh yeah, I'll say, uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite moments is uh, the final battle between Basco and that was such Marvelous. a good battle. Oh yeah, but but also like the lead up to it because it's like a two episode thing and it's the the whole thing with you know him using uh sally as a decoy or as a as bait or oh, whatever, yeah yeah to get him into the, and he's shooting him and whatever like that and then sally having like this uh dilemma of like a moral dilemma of like should i go back to the person who feeds me or should i go to the people who actually care for me uh-huh and he ultimately chooses, you know, the Gokaijers. and then you see one more betrayal. But Bosco, he the collar, a, he put the collar, the collar that he gave him before. Uh, I, I thought initially I thought, oh, that's he's he's giving it to him to protect him. And when he shoots him, that'll like, you know, take the blast or whatever. But it turns out it was a bomb. Yeah. And then, right before he shoots it, uh, he t- he. right before he blows it up, he puts it into his little pouch to protect that he has. Marvelous. To protect Marvelous, and then Marvelous gets back, and then he has all this rage of like the betrayals from you know Basco on him, on Aka Red, and now Sally. An interesting note
3: about that about that piece of the character arc is like when Basco got introduced, and they told the backstory of what happened with Aka Red. And then you see, like, a couple episodes later, there's a moment where they shoot at Sally, and Bosco goes and protects Sally. Like, like oh, oh no, Sally! And it's like, and I, I, I was, that weirded me out a little bit when I first saw it, because I was like, wait a second. This guy who went so far to betray Aka Red and then went and said that, you know, you know, you can't trust anyone or whatever, is now, like, being all buddy-buddy with his monkey partner? Like, he, you're telling me that he cares about, his, about Sally? And then this happened, and I was like, oh, well, I guess that just goes to show how quickly he's ready to turn on literally anyone. Yeah. Well,
2: I think part of it, the way I took it then and I take it the same now is that Bosco was always trying to think two, three steps ahead. I almost feel like Bosco defending Sally that one time early on was just to plant it in their minds that he cared at all, oh. just so he could
3: use that to his advantage later. Interesting. I never read it that way, but I think that's a really interesting way to read it. And also, but the way I thought about it, like uh, earlier when I saw the betrayal episode, um, I, I thought about it sort of like, you know, maybe it was just because Sally had value then and then lost value. And he was like, okay, well, you're done. That
2: That's equally as valid, I would agree. Mm-hmm.
3: I think both ways are.
2: But I think good. part of the thing uh, for favorite moments is that first time when Bosco busts out with all the extra helper and ranger keys. Mm. And then they just yeah. whoop on the team. Oh, that's
3: such a strong moment.
2: Like, that was amazing to me because I was like, oh my god. Like, because up to that point, like, like I've said this about Super Sentai and other podcast recordings, like, after a certain point, once we get past episode 25 or so, I'm more likely to check out because I know everything's going to be fine in the end. Whereas this was an episode where I was like, I don't... they might not be okay. Like, they mm-hmm. legitimately got their asses handed to them. They
1: did. Yeah.
2: And then also, again, later, by Bosco, when he takes over the galleon and takes all the keys... I wasn't sure they were going to get it. I like I know they have to, but in that moment I was able to suspend disbelief long enough to be like I don't understand how they're going to do it, so I do need to keep watching.
0: I think one of <laughs> yeah, the great things yeah. about Bosco is that he remains like a consistent threat because when um when Bosco first appears, it's before Guy joins the party. And then Guy joins and then they like, they they start kicking all sorts of ass and then Bosco comes back. And you're thinking, okay, they're, they're gonna, they're probably gonna beat him this time. He's, he's like, he's a, he's almost out of keys. They're probably going to like, you know, um, and they, and they're they have an extra ranger on their side, so they're they're probably going to beat him now. But then he turns into his real form and just demolishes guy who's like one of the strongest um people in the group right now. And it's yeah. like, okay, he's he's he was hiding his true strength all along. So, you know, he's he's a consistent threat throughout the entire run.
3: And if we're talking about how, um, if we're talking about that final battle with Marvelous, he's got that moment right before they fight where he's like, oh, well, maybe I should tell you, Aka Red was going to betray us too. And Marvelous is already like, I don't care. This is, this is Earth. This is where the, pl- yeah. the keys came from. I've got the keys. It doesn't matter at this point. You're, you're just a jerk and I'm going to beat you.
2: Well, yeah, because at that point, it didn't matter what he said, whether he was telling the truth or not. He knows whatever he's trying to tell him in that moment, he's purely trying to dick with it. Exactly. Him, get in his head. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Also, credit to the actor who plays Oh, Bosco. yeah. He played it really
2: well. Also, that's just a really badass mask when he transforms.
3: Oh, it's a fan- yeah. it's a fantastic yeah. costume. It's almost like the equivalent of, uh, you know, when they did Dark Buster in Go Busters. Because it's, cause it's mm-hmm. like... They're both Red Pirates, and they're just two different takes on that concept.
2: Uh-huh. It's the Red yeah, Pirate yeah. Ranger, and then there's the Red Pirate Monster. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Which is,
2: yeah. and I don't, I, you guys keep me to this, I don't want to stay on this very long, which is one of the many failings that they never use that suit in stupid Megaforce.
0: Oh, let's. Let, wait, what, what? What are you talking about? There, there was no American adaptation of Gokaiju. Oh no, you're right. What am I saying? There was no American
2: there adaptation. Is, you're,
3: is right.
1: The, you're right. There is no adaptation. Of Austin, say.
2: Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. I don't know where my head. Skyship?
1: Went. What? <laughs> Excuse me. What? That may have been a dream of yours. at some point. Or a nightmare. Really. To,
2: to be fair, I was doing a lot of drinking at the time, so maybe that's what it was. <laughs> uh,
3: um, there was, you know, if we're t- we're, t- we're also talking about like the Gokaijus getting their asses handed to them um i my I, I there was a moment where, where i like paused my show and my roommate came in and he was like oh how, what episode are you on because i was i was telling him about how i was trying to binge the whole thing before a certain time um and i was and i was telling him okay oh well I, i'm almost to the end i'm on such and such episode i think it was the episode where uh damaras had marvelous captured uh you know that the the dawn focus episode um mm-hmm. and, I, and i was like you know they, they've really got them they the they're getting their asses handed to them and my roommate's like oh man i love episodes like that um Mm. and it was interesting because when i first started the watch i was i uh i he wanted to watch uh he said that he might want to watch some of the episodes with me so i i made sure that he watched the first one because that's the one that really makes an impression like a first impression um and his initial impression of the the Gokai changes at the beginning, it was very similar to mine the first time. Probably not on the same level, but he was like, whoa, whoa why, why are they transforming again? And I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, I was where you were once. <laughs> uh,
2: because they can do that.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I. And if we're talking about favorite moments, that's probably one of my absolute most favorites, if not for any other reason than just for the fact that it was that initial impression of all of Super Sentai for me. Well, yeah. really,
2: just like top moments of any piece of media ever, like I don't care if it's been that long. I still go back and watch it to this day, is the 199 hero version of the legend. Oh,
3: and with the with the Ghost Ager theme oh, playing. Yeah. Tenso. Yes, oh,
2: it's everything you like. Like I say, this as a fan of uh, Power Rangers growing up, and then getting into Super Sentai. Like this is everything I ever wanted. And then yeah. there's you're telling me there's like 13 teams that I'm watching right now in the field that I don't know.
3: Yeah, who, who are they? <sighs> yeah, exactly. I got. Although I will say, 199 Hero Battle, I had some things to say about because. Um, Great movie overall, I think um, personally, but it's definitely rough around the edges. Like rougher than I remembered.
2: There are rougher Super Sentai movies that are less time and yet somehow rougher.
3: Yeah, no, I absolutely.
2: Yeah. So I, I I give it a. Pa- I admit that I go easy on it f- because of what it is. But at the same time, the things they do well in that movie, they do incredibly well.
0: Yeah, If you really want to talk about really rough around the edges movies from the very same season, the Ghost Ship movie was not that great. It is not. You go back it's and you watch
2: Because I was just learning this, or not learning this, remembering this earlier today. That Ghost Ship movie, one, they you realize going back and looking at it, they did not have two suits for Gokayo and fake Gokio. Mm-hmm. They just put the pieces on... Regular Gokio to make fake Gokio, and anytime they're fighting, it's CG. Oh, yeah.
3: I see. That's neat. I thought they had two suits.
2: They go back and look. They do not have... They are never... <sighs> I trust you. ...with suits in the same scene at the same
3: time. I, I trust you on that.
2: And then... The only other thing is, I was happy to see the G three Princesses. Back. I was
3: just about to say that's another one of my favorite moments in that movie because it's so random and so out of nowhere. And like, like you know, you guys, you guys probably know. I sent the messages about it in Discord when I was watching it. I was just like, wait, I was like, wait, they're fighting this guy from Go Ranger. Why is there all of a sudden G three Princess? I mean, I'm happy I get the reference <laughs> and I'm happy to see them, but why?
2: <laughs> because that's a reference on top of a reference. Is it because of the way Go Ranger worked? They start out, you realize. Uh, fighting Baseball Mask, they use Gokai Hurricane... Or not Gokai. Goran Hurricane. Or Goran Hurricane. Yeah. Which was their finishing move there in that season mm-hmm. that they could turn into literally anything. Of course. And a lot of times it didn't make sense. Of course. Uh, the things they would use. You saw it in the first episode. They summoned a dump truck. What the hell's a dump truck doing there? Because the Golemen are trash. Do whatever they want. So, them summoning the G3 Princesses to distract Baseball Mask totally fits with that because this is this is magic i ain't gotta explain crap
3: <laughs> well no i know I, I got that much out of it because I, I i do remember like the the day that i learned that go mean basically translates to trash and that's why they summoned a trash truck in the first episode that was a, that was a good moment um but i just i don't know i just didn't see the connection between uh between baseball mask and uh and G3 Princess, but I was happy to see it. It's it's the kind of ridiculous thing that I love to see, and that's what makes it one of my favorite standout moments for me.
1: I'll say with the uh, 199 yes. Heroes movie, uh, one of the few... Th- I mean, that movie is fun for the spectacle of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really like the battle towards the end where they fight all of the past heroes, just because... It's just the Go Kydras rinsing every hero from the past, and I don't know, be like so. So whenever I saw my favorite, one of my favorite teams go up against a Go and then they single handedly defeat, I was like, "Ah, oh, come on, that's." But I know what it is. I know. I know, I know. why that is. Yeah. it's story wise and everything. But it's I like,
2: I I feel exactly the same way. I'm with you on that. I feel exactly the same way. But then you realize in five minutes we're gonna get to the giant mech
1: battle. Yeah, and everything is forgiven. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. But uh, what I what I like about that movie is the like the relationship between the Gokai and oh, the Ghost Sager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, like Ghost Sager, I haven't finished yet, so I don't know the whole story. Oh, um, I, mm. but I but I like uh, marvelous and Arata. yeah, Alatani, yeah,
2: yeah. Really, I liked when Arata and, I, I think it's when the two of them are hiding
0: from the the sniper.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. That's my favorite that's my favorite He's part really of the whole team. And Marvelous just jumps in front really of that well innocent shot.
0: family or something. Yeah, when he saves the Yeah, yeah saves. and yeah. you know that that really like highlights the the differences of like red red leadership for the two teams.
3: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's that's probably one of my favorite moments from the from all the I liked movies, all the really.
3: go the Go Sagers interacting with the go Gokhyders. And the fact that Monet and yeah. Luca are basically the same person,
1: apparently. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to say uh, before we sort of give our final impressions of a show? Because for me, one thing that I fr- I forgot to mention out mm-hmm. make it quick uh-huh. is the Gokaio itself. I like Gokai Galleon's yes. design, and I like Gokai O's main design. The two things I don't like very much about it is how it uses the powers which we've talked about mm-hmm. before. The the different great powers because some of them work some of them don't the other thing i don't like is that it has this whole like the other mechs are inside of it as like nesting dolls oh yeah and then they come out and that's how they and then they they come together it's like you're opening a chest yeah i get it but i i i guess for me i when i like you can get it but that doesn't
2: mean that it was well implemented sure
1: right yeah because for me what, what what uh i like about sentai is uh, the mechs being in- when they're individual and they're specific to a character. Mm-hmm. Like individual, like like for Z Ranger, is like individual dinosaurs. Uh, with Car Rangers, individual cars, and they all kind of use it separately. The other Gokai just never really use their mechs. They do the twice.
3: Two times, I, c- I counted.
1: But it's really early on. Yeah, but twice in a fifty-one episode show. Yeah, I think that <laughs> no, Sentai
0: no. has had an issue with integrating its Mecha properly with the show for a while now, and Go and that that actually was pretty bad for Go Kaiser too. I-, I think the way now looking at it, having looked
2: at a lot more older, specifically Showa era uh, Super Sentai shows, is. Uh, the fact that with a lot of those shows from Battle Fever on, when they finally started introducing Mecha into the show, they didn't use, they didn't transform for a really long time. So the fact that yeah. the Gokaijers basically only use one robot instead of all the individual little ones is kind of forgivable in that for the longest time, that's just how it was in the show. And that can really easily be written off as a throwback. Now, when you start getting to things like, oh, well, we want to combine, combine Goju Drill with everything... But we're only gonna take his arms. Then I start agreeing, like, okay, well, where's the rest of the robot? Like, we're missing pieces yeah. here that aren't in use. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But don't forget, stock footage is god. Oh yeah, that that well, that's the whole point
2: of the the mech battle in 199 Heroes. It's all yeah. it's all that glorious stock footage, baby. <laughs> yeah. But do I care at that point? Do I care that some stuff is clearly in four <laughs> three and really grainy? <laughs> no, I do not. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I think when you watch this stuff, you 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 stop caring about things
3: like that. The way the way I feel about the Mecca is like, yeah, I I, I can understand the Mecca is probably the least thematic consistent part of the whole thing. Um, I that didn't matter to me honestly because I just jumped right into the fan service of it all.
1: Yellow is a semi truck, apparently. Interesting. <laughs> oh, it, is. it looks like a semi. It looks like a semi. I don't know if it is, but. The only times they
3: used the the individual mecha were, I think, in, in like, episode two. And then in the Gollinger tribute episode where they were chasing Mahalkin down the... Uh,
2: oh, yeah, on the highway. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's one of my few complaints about it.
2: Like, you forget really quickly that they had to go to space to form up. Oh, yeah. In those first couple of episodes. And then by, I think, episode five, you completely... We, we've kind of gotten past that.
3: I mean, it's it's a matter of, like... Yeah the the usual transformation logic where it's like they're in their own little pocket dimension as they transform, right? But like there's that there's that shot from one ninety nine hero battles where it just shows the Go, it just shows Gokai Gallian from way up in the sky and it you see them unfold and form into Gokai o in like a second, and I yeah. I really like that.
0: Like what is scale? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah. I, I think it proves that you you people will tolerate a lot as long as the writing is good and the show is interesting. Yes, very tr- that's it right there.
3: I kind of wanted to talk a bit about my my f- more extended thoughts on 199.
1: Yeah, I just want to say that to give credit to Go mech when they are transforming it is a practical thing. It's a practical effect. Yeah. Yes. Which oh
3: yeah, that that was really cool. Um Yeah. But about 199 Hero Battle. So like th- there are the things I like about it and the things I don't like about it and the things I like about it. I like it on such a bigger on such a scale that it completely overshadows my complaints with it. It just doesn't keep me from seeing how rough it is around the edges. Like there, there's movies that are rough around the edges in a way that hurts the viewing experience. And then there's movies that are rough around the edges and you just don't care. Um, and, uh, and I, I won't take too long to, to say that, say this stuff, but like some of my favorite moments were from one, one ninety nine hero battle. Um, there's the right. initial battle scene, of course, that we talked about. There's the, uh, even even when the go when with the Ghost first get their powers back and then like the whole sequence near the end of the the different battles that they do so there's the there's the scene where they fight all of the different rangers to get the ranger keys back and then you see them all fly back into the chest um and then you see them fly back out again to f- to form the super sentai bazooka which was a really cool scene um and then they they fire it at the at uh, the black cross guy and uh that was an awesome scene. And then the scene where all of the robots pop up, that's an awesome scene. And just the, the, the things that I didn't like as much, like, there was some of the stock footage that I wished that they could have recreated a bit more. Um, like, they, they recreate a lot throughout the course of Gokaiger when they Gokai change and do different teams finishers. So that when you see the original footage used in 199 Hero Battle, it kind of sticks out a bit more. Especially because, like, there are some shots that they, like, hold on from those older shows. Um, But, like, the only other complaint I would have about 199 is, like, there's the parts where, um, you know, they they beat the Rangers, keys fly back into the chest, and they have that scene. And then it goes—you see the camera cut back to the chest, and it opens back up, and the Ranger keys come back out. And then you see the Ranger keys fly right back into the chest, and it's like, okay, um, maybe we could have streamlined this scene a bit more. (laughs) Um, But— Overall, the, the the fan service, the action, getting all those greater powers at once—that was awesome. Apart from that, like all my favorite moments from the main series, I think we touched on just in the course of discussion. Like that, you guys would mention something, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Uh, so this has been a great discussion. Thank you, guys.
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> is there anything that you've I guess to wrap the to sort of wrap things up? Is there anything that you've uh catched, like this time, that you appreciated more than the first time you watched it and things that I yeah, caught? Is there anything that Yeah, is it like during this viewing, is there anything that stands out that you appreciate more mm. or that you criticize more than the first time watching
3: it? I think for me, it's more stuff that I appreciate than than criticize. Like I find I find so few flaws with this series just in just experiencing it. Like if you if you look for it, sure you can yeah. find little things that they could have done better, I guess. Um, but to me, when you look at the whole package, everything just sort of blends together really well to create a really fantastic experience. The first time I watched the show, it was largely about me learning about Super Sentai as well as just experiencing the the show. This time. I was able to catch a lot more of the little details, for, especially for the shows that I've actually seen, like for, with the Aval Ranger episode, yeah. um, with the fact that um, now I know who em- Emery is, and uh, and I know who... who I, just being able to recognize people, I think, is probably the biggest thing, more than anything. Yeah. it's yeah. It's just... And yeah. just being able to come back and rewatch it and see that it's still just such a solid, solid show, especially when held up next to other Super Sentai series, I enjoy almost every Super Sentai show that I watch. This one is on another level for me.
2: I, I think kind of echoing that is that I'm happy to see that in a rewatch, uh, that the series holds up as well as it does, not only carrying the weight of it being an anniversary show, but then also being able to carve out its own identity separate from throwing back to these other episodes. uh A lot of anniversary shows before it and after it haven't done it with nearly the amount of success. Uh, And you can write that off to whether it was, you know, right place, right time, or just the right combination of the actors, the suit actors, uh, everybody coming together to make this show as good as it is. And why I think for a lot of people, it ranks pretty high up on their uh, reference list, their much watch list. Uh, being able to watch this and then see, oh, I recognize this actor now M- so many years later. Like, this this was where they got their start. I love watching Tokusatsu in general for that reason. Like, going on so many years later and hearing uh, Maui Chimichi in different anime now. Or even hearing her when she showed up in Q-Ranger uh, Q was friggin' great after the fact. Uh, hearing them come back. I can only hope this year going into Zenkaiger straight up I hope all 6 of them come back for an episode or two.
0: They need yeah, to. I think I think that as an anniversary season, Gokaiger really set the bar way too high for a lot of other franchise uh, t- well other Toku franchises because every mm-hmm. time I've seen someone watch a anniversary season, they're all like is it like Okaijer? Is it like Okaiger? Oh Is it as cool as Gokaiger?
3: Well, oh, that's so what I'm worried about about Zinkai-ger.
0: Uh, I mean, you know, you know, it's 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 definitely one of those chilling effects. It, 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 the fact that, like, oh, we we didn't even talk about the narrator, Tomokazu Seki. Oh man, they found the perfect guy to narrate Gokiger, and do all the okay. um toy voices and sound effects. Yeah. So you know, it, it's set the bar really high. So it's it's basically the the bar by which every anniversary season is just judged by now. Absolutely, and it's uh, for that yeah. reason I think.
2: We shouldn't necessarily give Zenkhydra a quote unquote pass, but realize it's kind of hard, based off everything that we just said, to hit that level.
0: So, like, understand it has to be its own thing. You know, everything I've seen about Zenkhydra is them going so far out of the box for a Sentai show, like the suits, the um uh, the you know, the aesthetic, the toys, they're they're so far outside the box and at first I didn't know what to think about it. But now I, I love it because they're they're basically changing the paradigm of what a Sentai show could be. I, I will say
2: this in comparison to just gimmick. Yeah. I was never beyond getting some extra ones that I either got by accident or were given as gifts. Mm-hmm. I never really liked the Ranger keys beyond the core six and maybe a few Rangers that meant something special to me. But these right.
0: little coin the medallions the medallions that
2: they're coming up with yeah i actually really like that concept as a collectible item
0: yeah yeah because they're they're much more smaller and unobtrusive
3: i i am just worried that it won't live up to what what i what it could as an anniversary series but i am very excited because it's so different like you were saying
0: speaking of the ranger keys i have to say right now i am so disappointed with the toys and go because the keys don't flip okay the keys don't flip and that always annoys me Unless you bought the deluxe ones, the super hella expensive well, I mean, you, deluxe ones. Th- even those don't flip properly because you have to push a button. Like they, you know, it, they they designed it in the show so that it's flipped permanently, and they just hold the keys so that they're unflipped. Yeah, but you know, it, it's it's
3: kind of weird. I'm disappointed in the toys from Kaiju simply because they didn't make Bosco's trumpet.
0: Oh yeah, man, or his mover. They, I mean, even <laughs> even for they, a Bandai they Premium, done with come some on, more
3: Bosco merch they could have.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bandai Premium, come on, guys.
3: Maybe for the anniversary.
1: Ashton, did you have anything else
0: to say? Um I think oh, uh one more thing, versus Go versus vs. Go sexy dark side makeup. <laughs> Makeover. <laughs> you know. Always appreciate always appreciate
3: that. I, I call yes. that version of them uh Go of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, oh
0: and you know why go a guy never got an evil version of his costume and I will always be uh kind of salty about that. <laughs>
3: i got one last question for you guys before you you say your your piece um do you guys like yelling the names of the rangers as they do pop up in the show with the voice
0: oh you know oh, yeah. i i've watched my my daughter started watching go Kaija recently it's probably her favorite sentai season right now oh, i love that and she loves yelling the ranger team names when they do it on the show
3: i do it i do it i hope i'm not
0: annoying my roommate too much oh, i do that... it all the time <laughs> Like I'm not gonna blow out
2: my uh, my speed my uh, my mic right now, but like yeah, I I it took me a really long time to get a Mobiditz uh, for a reasonable price. Right. So up until that point, I was just, I just had the episodes there, and I was like practicing <laughs> to match with the show, like as I imagine a lot of other fans uh. did. I yeah,
3: I watched yeah. the uh the the DVD exclusive episode with the 36 Gokai changes. Uh probably like my roommate must have been asleep at the time and I hope he is a heavy sleeper because going through every single sentai name like that I wasn't going to not say
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah, uh, as for me, I will say that there's I definitely discovered more of the nuance of the show watching it this time around the nuance in the characters nuance in the acting. Um, I appreciated the story beats, uh, more when it had to do with, you know, the actual characters. Uh, I definitely, I definitely appreciated the tribute episodes now that I've seen more of the shows. So those are, that's, that goes, what I'll say, I think that's one of the shows that I will go back to random episodes from time to time as I've watched more Super Sentai. Um, one thing that I I, forgot, I just remember now that I forgot is like I actually appreciate the action in this show a lot now. It's something that I didn't think about before, but like the out of suit fighting that when the Gokai are just fighting the Gormin. um, I don't know what it is, but it's, I think I think after like the, the, the Sakamoto episodes early on, they just started doing more fights on their own, and it's really good. <laughs> it's actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as for I, I I think. I think my appreciation for the show as a whole has grown a bit. I still have, I think my cons- my concerns are still there, but I also have hindsight to think about and like, you know, situation of the time to, to consider. So I give it more of a pass now. Uh, but yeah, I still I still think this is a pretty solid show. And I think the characters are a big part of that. So yeah, I think that's our uh, retrospective on Go Kaiger. Uh, I'd like to thank all of you for joining me talking about this show mm-hmm. uh this anniversary show Oh, I've, nah never mind no, I <laughs> little, uh, it's not that important <laughs> uh but yeah uh you can catch us all on uh, our uh, tokenet on socials and we have a patreon if you wanna uh, help out yeah you also get exclusive access to like our toku Gattai episodes uh, which is our patreon exclusive. Uh, podcast shows Uh, and yeah Uh, thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Mm -hmm. See ya. Goodbye everybody.
2: Bye. See you later everybody.
0: The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet, where if you're at the rider tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com.